what we do and what our MO is, is to encourage people to be their best self. So I think a lot of influencers want their audience to copy what they're doing in their formula and try to be like them. The message that people identify with is we've really done things on our own terms. It's not always been perfect, but there's a lot that has not been perfect. But people identify with that message like, wait, I can do what makes me feel good as a human being on my terms and be successful at it without having to be apologetic. JB is in the house. The wolf is here in the wolf's den. All right. So I have two amazing guests today. Husband, wife, team duo. I, I got a little bit scared when I met them. Okay. First, let me introduce you. We got Mike, Michael, <laughs> and we, and, wait, Bostic. And we have Lauren. If they're in a fight, Everett's Bostic. Yes. When they're getting along, Lauren Bostic. Right? Yes. Yeah, Basically. exactly. Right. You got it. Okay. But. They have a show, like a brand, it's like a brand, Skinny Confidential, right? Yes. You have an amazing podcast. Thank you. And you also have an entire company behind that that spawned from that, that basically is about female, and not female empowerment, or female information. How, what would, how would you describe the brand? Well, I think it's about all of it, female empowerment, right? We, we looked at the, the entire podcast market. I mean, there's only 22% of podcasts are female hosts. And we said, okay, why? I mean, as a marketing guy, I'm like, why is there not a space for women to feel confident to produce their content? And, what, and from the brand side, why is there not a place where the brands can come and say, wait, if I need to connect with a large demographic of primarily females, this is the place. I, I don't like the word female empowerment. You know why? Because hmm. I don't think they're disempowered. I completely agree with you. And you know why? Because I grew up with a mother who was the most empowered woman. She was back, she was a CPA in the 50s, working in a big, back it was the big eight back then, back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. She was going into New York City, blazing a trail, brilliant, out from every man, became the oldest woman in New York State to pass the bar in her 70s was voted pro bono lawyer of the year and doing charity for women. I, I don't, like, to me, I don't get, like, women are like, oh, uh, my daughter's like, just graduated NYU grad school. I really believe that, and, and, and I'm, I'm so pro-woman's empowerment, I don't think it's, it's it's fair. I think it's almost like a past that. It's like, and women are, like, awesome. And by the way, you scam me, though. You scam me. Good. Okay. scares me, too. I, I... <laughs> she scammed me. I'll tell you why you scammed me. Because I, I, when you guys sat down first, you told me that you've known each other forever, basically, mm -hmm. right? you like, known each other since sixth grade. And I said, oh, did you guys fool around? And she goes, well, when she walked in the class, she was, like, so developed, she looked like the teacher already. I was, like, a little blank. Well, I had a bad experience with a girl like that in sixth grade. And it was Tina Jacobson. She's probably listening right now. At uh, Tina Jacobson on Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. Tina Jacobson, all right, had boobs out the here, like, in the third and fourth grade. Like, it was unbelievable, right? There's always one guy and one girl in every class, right? I was four foot two. I, if I looked over, I was like, whoa, whoa. I'm still four foot two, right? But she was, <laughs> but she was this developed girl, boobs out the here, and there's always one guy with a cock the size of I mean, right? David Rosengard, my cousin, who's shaving like in second grade, right? Okay? He's like the kid that you see when you, you're, you're about to find this out when you get older now, okay? When your kids start to grow up and you're playing soccer, there'll be one boy, you're like, he can't be in this age group. He's like drove to the soccer match when your kids are 11, right? Well, that was David Rosengard. Anyway, Tina Jacobson, right? She developed early, okay? She had these boobs. We went into the closet for seven minutes and we had spin the bottle. Yeah. All right, it was the first boy-girl party back then, right? So Tina Jacobs just spins, she spins me. We go in the closet now. How'd you I, feel when she got when when it landed on you? Well, I, I was I didn't know what to, I was like. Okay, well this is great. Tina's got big boobs, right? It's all good, right? <laughs> we go in the closet, and I'm like, "Do you want to kiss?" She's like, "Yeah." So I go, 
and she takes her tongue and shoves it in my mouth. I was like, ah! And I jumped out of the club. I was traumatized for like, honestly, for two years. I was deathly afraid to kiss a girl because of Tina J. So Tina, and I just saw her brother. I didn't even know. I, I, so my, my dad just passed away about 10 Sorry days, right? Yeah, he was, you know, he had a great life, my dad, right? He was 88. And uh, by the way, so her older brothers showed up at the, at the funeral. So I was like, your sister. And so you were that girl, huh? Oh, is Tina Jacobson still single? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. Tina was really, she was really pretty. And she was like, I mean, it was weird. I mean, she had boobs the size of Rhode that's, Island. That, I was Tina Jacobson. I looked the exact same in seventh grade. I don't know why. I looked over. I think I was still in the sandbox. His I looked over. So I'm done with this shit. Thought I was the substitute teacher. Like, yeah. his... what was that like growing up as a girl? Like, so you were like hot as a pistol in sixth grade. They got all the guys that come. And what, what was that like? I don't know if I was hot as a pistol, but I was just very developed. Like, I hit puberty young. I don't know. I don't think I like. I I didn't know. How young is young? Young is like fourth grade. I developed. Like I said, <laughs> I was in sixth grade. My I poor dad. Young. My poor, poor dad. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. He caught us in the closet in seventh grade. Just Who's kinda, us? kinda Michael and I. Wait, you guys were dating since Well no. No, no, no. So we haven't we, been dating yeah, that. No, 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 no. We had to we had to right, listen, I was pursuing her for a long time. And during you know, I would say like those sixth grade days, I got lucky for a while and, and she accepted me and she said, Okay, I'm gonna date this guy. And I snuck over to the house one day in the middle of the day. I figured the dad's at you work. Climb Mount Lauren, baby. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, listen, you know, I was uh, <laughs> trying, doing my best. Five foot one. And and lo and behold, somehow, and I was persuasive back then, I convinced her to derobe and Robe, you convinced me to get naked with yes, the boobs hanging out. Yes, um, and in the middle of all this, bottom naked too, or top naked? No, just, just top naked. Just top. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. but still, it's enough. I, I have to have some mystery. You know I what know, I mean? Right, I gotta exactly. keep a, one card in my pocket. Go. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh yeah. man, this is exciting. I'm like 12 years old, 13 years old, and all of a sudden, I hear the dad's truck pull into the to the driveway. So I'm like, oh shit, I'm I'm fucked. I run, I jump in the closet. Can we cuss on this show? Sorry. If I, if of course. I okay. So I, I, ju I jump in the closet to hide. And it's like one of those little closets with the you know, like little slits in so you could see. And I'm like, okay, I'll be safe in here. There's no way he thinks I'm here. This one jumps in the closet with me. No. So I'm like, get, get out, get out. The dad, I hear him coming up the stairs. I look, her little five-year-old sister's looking under the bed thinking she's playing hide and seek. Next thing I know, my life flashed before my eyes is the dad rips open the closet door and finds me sitting there, shirt off with his daughter clothes off. As my you can dad, imagine. Oh. And my dad told the story at our wedding, too. It was, uh, Wait, so what did he do? Uh, like I said, everything kind of sped up at that moment. I got thrown in a car. I was in my underpants. Um, next thing I know, he drove me down the street and threw me out of the car in the middle of a mall. Um, this back when they had pay phones. Called my dad, and I was thinking, I was like, I need some advice. And I called my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm in real big trouble here. Listen for fatherly advice. All I heard on the other end was just bellowing laughter. Just laughter. Her parents' response is the opposite. You're going to boarding school. You're done. You know, I, on some level, your dad had to be proud of you. Yeah, I, I think who so. she was. You mean the girl with the big boobs? <laughs> yeah, the substitute that, teacher? Well done, my friend. He, you banging the teacher, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that the father's response to the son is a little different than the father's response to the daughter. Yeah, yeah, it definitely different. For sure. And we, we definitely I, broke and up, I totally though. get that. And yeah. we got back together way later in college. All right, just hold that thought for a moment. We'll be back after I give us a few words from our sponsor here to pay the bills, All right? All right, guys, an oldie but goodie. Ready for this one? Plastic. You know the company? This is the ultimate way to manage your cash flow as a business, a small business owner, right? Here's what you do, right? Check this out. So you can pay for things that won't allow you to, you know, use a credit card where you can you kind of, you know, ease a payment, right? You can juggle cash flow, right? Play that game, which is not a game. It's a good one sometimes, right? But 
a lot of these places don't take credit cards, so you can't do that. This allows you to pay anything with a credit card. Really, really convenient because it just matches it's like since you're one stop shopping to pay all your bills, right? So, again, let me just give you some particulars here. Okay, they have over a million customers, it's not a star, this is a very, very serious company. They've done over a billion transactions, they guarantee that everything will be paid on time. Okay, so as long as your money's there, right? They pay everything on time or you pay nothing, all right? So, it's very important there. Okay, um, again, they're giving you, a, I mean, the pay, the, what they charge is like less than two. 0.5% per transaction. It's nothing. It's peanuts. All right. So this is a great service for managing cash flow, just for saving time. All right. Um, and also every expense here can be written off. So it's a tax deductible. All right. Listen, honestly, if you're in a situation where you want to just save time, get all your bills paid, it's almost like, you know, it's like a bill paying service at some level, right? But essentially, and then you get all the miles from using credit cards. You have a good credit card, right? You can really, let me, let me just tell you a story. For instance, like I advertise on Facebook, right? All right. Do you know how much travel, air travel, I've gotten first class around the world because of my advertising on Facebook? Because I take the miles, the rewards I get from using the credit card, right? And it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So I, hundreds of thousands of miles in return, dollar a mile, my AA card, right? So here's the deal. All these other things that you pay for, you're not getting miles for, well, now you can get miles. So that's an angle here. Then there's simply just the convenience of always being able to use a credit card for everything, right? Keeping track of things like that. And then also, of course, there's the float game where your credit card payments aren't due for 30 days while a bill, if you get paid out of your bank account, is due tomorrow. So you can manage cash flow. Great company. I, I really believe in this one, right? So let me give you the particulars here. Again, it's um, Plastic, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q, instead of a C, Plastic.com slash Wolf, all right? Um, and you get $50 worth of fee-free payments here. Big one. Plastic, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q.com slash Wolf. Again, that $50 of payments free, all right? But only when you sign up to the Wolf, all right? So again, check this one out. If you're in business, especially if you don't need to be in business for yourself, I just think that for a business owner, it's a great way to save time, manage cash flow. Give it a shot. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, ready? Betterhelp.com. I gotta be somber and serious for this one. Listen, you know, you guys know my, I'm a bit nuts up here, right? Listen, I used to be like crazy people went for therapy, right? Now everybody has some body they speak to, a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, right? Betterhelp.com has taken what's, you know, kind of probably the most prevalent, you know, trend right now in terms of mental health, which is that you need someone to talk to, okay? You're not crazy for wanting to share your thoughts, ideas, your problems, your challenges, any like stress that you're feeling, anxiety, you know, uh, depression, right? I mean, you got to talk to someone. Life is kind of fucked up. You know, you go through life just on your own, everything locked inside your head, just talking to someone that's been trained, that's an impartial person where they'll be confidential, right? That, that's what therapy has kind of evolved into. Yes, I mean, of course, if you really have issues like schizophrenia, you go to a psychiatrist, you need drugs, different, right? I'm talking about mental health, feeling good, each day, waking up out of bed and feeling like you want to go embrace life. You know, sometimes that requires like an outside, like a coach meaning for your mind, not for business success, but a mental health coach. That's to me is what therapy is, right? Well, this company has taken that, which is just such a need, a gap in the markers. Listen, the old model is this, go get in your car, drive, sit with a the therapist, 
waste a lot of time to get for this 45-minute appointment. Maybe you like the person, maybe you don't, all right? Maybe they're not even an expert in what's wrong with you. It's the wrong therapist for what you want, right? You know, th therapy is almost like, it's like this, it's not like these five-year things now where you have one therapist and you're talking about your like Sigmund Freud shit, okay? It's different now. A lot of times like, you need it, sometimes, sometimes you don't, right? The point is, is this company has developed a way for you to do it by phone, okay, by text, on Skype, where you could have any therapist in like, you know, all these different specialties, right? You check one out. If you don't like it, they'll replace with another one. But it's essentially instant access to a therapist. That is really, really powerful, all right? So let me give you the particulars here, all right? Here's an example of some of the specialties. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationship problems, sleeping, that, right? trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT, grief, self-esteem, right? You get it? So you have access to trained professionals to talk to. And the cost, it's so affordable. I wouldn't even look at it as a cost. It's an investment in yourself. It's an investment in your own mental health, right? So it's not even a cost, but they made it so affordable and they give you a discount because you're on this podcast, all right? So hold on, we have some more particulars here. If you're not happy with the counselor, they'll replace them. They have 3,000 people on their network. You get it? It's available all over the world. I said text, chat, phone, video. You can get set up in under 24 hours as an app that you put on your computer, your iPad, your phone, whether it's, um, you know, um, iPhone, it could be a Samsung, whatever it might be, okay? So here's the deal, okay? Oh, and one more thing, this financial aid, if you're struggling. It's a great company. You really should, just, listen, it's not for everyone, but you really should at least just check it, at least go to the website, see what they have to offer, and I, I really think it'll be time well spent, okay? Let me give you the, um, the particulars here. Again, it's betterhelp.com slash wolf. That's going to get you a discount of 10% of your of your, uh, your first session, okay? And simply fill out a questionnaire. It'll help them assess who they should, you know, kind of assign you to. Again, if you don't like the person, you could change. But this is the sort of thing I'd say, you just give it at least one shot. Check it out. Go through a session, you're probably going to feel a hell of a lot better afterwards. You'll certainly know that you have a resource for yourself, also anyone you love or care about. Even if not for you, maybe direct someone else to it that you think needs it. Some of, the, some of the reason people don't go is it's a stigma. They still think they don't want to go out there and drive and go to, into walking. It can be done over the phone, on Skype. You get it? I think it's really great stuff. So again, betterhelp.com slash wolp. And I, I just think it's a really great decision. All right, check it out. What? All right. So what happened? So then you dated, you did everything, right? And then you, you, do you like part ways? Like you didn't see each other. Or you saw you dated other people. Were Definitely you, dated. Were you, other no, we mean we always in each other's space, like in the same classes and stuff. We, we in the vicinity. We there. went to the same high school. Then we left in college. I moved to Arizona. She was in San Diego. So okay. we, we we separated ways for okay. a long time. Dated other people, which and I think is important. And when did you come back together? We came back together at twenty two. He still, he was still kind of always pursuing me, and I and I decided to give him a chance and date him, and he kind of like manipulated me. I'm one of those guys when I know what I want, I know what I want, and I just I understand. Yeah, it goes, it. it goes with your what brand. What would you though. possibly see in her? I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, she was the teacher for crying out I'm loud. I'm not great in the morning. <laughs> so wait a second. So let me get this straight now. Okay. So wait, so you come at twenty. You're still. I guess. So you sort of. All right. You're hot. Fine. There we go. So you you, you want you you have to let go. Make 
close this. It's like an open loop for you almost, right? Yep. All right. So you have to close the loop, right? So you guys, did you speak and keep in touch with these or not really? Even? No, I I was dating other guys, older older who, guys. Who you? Oh, oh, yeah. Guys in their fifties. No, 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 not that old. Not that old. Although now, if I were to date, I think I'd go older. You would. Yeah, I'd go older. Okay. Well, I'm 57. We're <laughs> perfect. Happily married, though. No. I'm just kidding. Very, very, no. So, oh, all right. I have to understand something. Wait, so, wait. When you were 16, how old did you look? It's not that she 19? looked so much older. Like, when we when we got in high school and we were... It's to even out. Yeah, it evened out. It was okay. just when we were kids. You know, there was nobody else developed. I've she was developed. always looked very developed. Yeah. But, you know, it evened out at some point. Okay, fair enough, right? So, you kind of... Like, you break even, like, 20s. You're starting to, like, catch up, right? Yep. All right, and he's a good-looking dude. Right now, you're like... Was he a good-looking kid always? Was he... Great-looking kid. Okay. Very right. cute. All right, so you always... So, you always knew he was going to... He's a cute. handsome adult, right? Yeah, handsome adult. But what really attracted to me when we first got back together was he's so smart. Okay. V- v- so much mental stimulation. And right. I was dating all these guys that weren't that smart. Okay. And so to be around someone like him, he's so well read. Well, they can't be that stupid because they were dating you. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's true. They could be shallow. <laughs> they could be. I mean, they were pretty. <laughs> but what kind of guys are you dating? It was the surfer. Jock. Okay. Yeah, the surfer, the jock, the skateboarder. It's like my wife right now. Anne's the same with my wife's exactly like you. You'd love her. She's just, the whole thing. And how long have you guys been married? Eleven years. Okay. Right. And where'd you guys meet? We met later in life. She was a soccer mom. Okay. And I was a soccer dad. And. Um, that's how it happened. It's a long story. I'll tell it to you on. on, on. I wish she, she should come on your podcast with me. She she's can. Away. Yeah, yeah. She was. She's away right now. She'll be back next week. Um. So, um. But it's a really funny story. I thought she was actually fat when I first met her. The first time I laid eyes on her, I thought she was fat. Well, I, Nothing against fat girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, but it's not. I have a thing about fat ankles. Cankles. Cankles. Oh, Michael dated a girl with cankles. I'm really scared of cankles. They, I have a, a phobia, I think. People know this. It's publicly stated. It's not in my fault. I should seek psychological help. I'm like, it, is, it could be like the hottest girl in the world if she has ankles that are over a certain diameter. I, I can't do it. I'm so measuring public. my ankles after that. No, yeah. I'm, I have a, a, a weird thing, but I thought my wife was fat, and she's like, Five foot seven, 110 pounds dripping wet, if she's that. Oh my God. But she wore 47 tight. layers. She's like the Michelin tire, you know, the puffed out. Anyway, so I didn't realize that. But so when you guys hooked up, you know, now in your 20s, right? You're like, you, you met, you say, okay, you're a fine looking animal. I'm a fine looking animal. It's like two fine looking animals, like gonna just go at it and like what fine looking animals do. Is it that? Was it like, was it some of that going on? Like, all right, guys, we gotta just, it has to happen at this point. I mean, there was probably some of that in my in my mind going on for sure, you know, but I, it's, I think it was like you said, it was like closing the loop. Like I always, I we dated around a lot and um, I just was, I never took any of those relationships seriously. Probably, you know, I'm not proud of some of those relationships because I just wasn't checked in. I was always, I don't wanna say I was always obsessed with her, but I was just, I just knew that that's what I wanted. Right. And so um, it's a, it's a weird thing. I don't really know how to explain it. Like I get it. I just, this is what I wanted. And so um, when finally I convinced her, I said, listen, like this is serious. I'll be, I'm serious. And, and kind of like the rest is history. He also manipulated my chihuahua into liking him. And that was, that was, that was the point. 
You know, there was like things that were like checked off the list. I tried that with my second wife. The <laughs> fucking dog hated me. I, her I, dog, the, the, her dog was the devil. This dog was a, a Maltese, a barking Maltese. All right, I'm I'm telling you, if you pull back this dog's scalp, six sixty six is under the dog's scalp. This dog was the devil. Okay, I tried to get this dog to like me. He despised me. You had to befriend the dog, right? I had to befriend the dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. took a lot. Took a lot of work. I, I did whatever I had to do. Move. I respect that. He did what he had to do. Yeah, the yeah. dog's always the move. You go for the dog. Then, then you threw in a couple books that I liked. Then he picked me up for a date. There was a book on tape. Like it's just very. What was the book? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't remember. remember. You, you had, you so had all different kinds of you know, things happening. I think that there's just there's so many young people that just abandon things so quickly now, right? Like I think that's anybody actually. Like they 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 have a goal and it gets a little tough and they say ah and they give up. Like I just I just don't accept that. I right, just told that thought for one moment here. We're gonna hear from our sponsor. Here. We're actually gonna hear from me about our sponsor. All right, give me a minute here. I'll pay the bills. All right, guys, ready? Time for a good one. Only with goodystamps.com. All right, here's the deal, right? You're in business for yourself, right? You got a small, medium-sized business, right? The last thing you want to do is waste your time going to the post office to mail and ship packages out. I mean, mail, even regular mail. It's just, honestly, there's nothing against the post office. And I love my own postman, but he comes to me. You get difference here? So, like, when you think about the amount of time that you spend going to the post office, waiting in line, and they're not moving that fast there, right? Let's face facts, all right? It's just, it's, it's a ridiculous. Time equals money. Now, back in the old days, you really didn't have a choice, the olden days, right? You didn't have a choice because they had some really high-end services for businesses, all right? They weren't really cost-effective, and they just didn't apply to 98% of the people like you where you have a business, okay, you're not IBM, you're not Microsoft, you're not Facebook, but you could save a ton of time and a ton of money as a result of that by having all of your stuff, essentially, that would happen at the post office, turn your office into your own post office using your computer. You get it? That's what stamps.com does. You get it? It takes your computer your on your laptop, turns it into a post office. So now you can just give everything to your mailman. You save money on postage. You save a massive amount of time. It's all organized. It's an incredible service. And believe me, ready for this? It's so incredible. They'll give you it to, for free for four weeks to check out. You get a four-week free trial. I promise you this. If you're going to the post office right now and you start this service, you will never go back. The amount of time and aggravation and money that you save is literally off the charts. All right. This is whether you're shipping out a few packages a day. You can even be a thousand, you know, a warehouse, right? And you get this is not just for, for tiny, this is for medium sized companies too. This is something that you need to have because why not? All right. So here's the deal I'm going to give you the particulars. You go to stamps.com, enter Wolf into the microphone atop, gives you the discount here, right? You need to get four weeks. Free trial, okay? Free digital scale, no long-term commitment. You get it? So they're giving you the trial with no long-term contract because they know that once you start using this and you see how much time you save, how much money you save, ridiculous. You also get discounts. I saw here one second on, on um, first-class stamps, right? Five cents off every first-class stamp, all right? 40% off all priority mail. Come on. It's a fraction, fraction of the cost. All right, with postage meters, all right? So again, stamps.com, enter Wolf at the top, and believe me, you'll be glad you did. Guys, great one here, ready? 
It's not the first time I've talked about this, but this is a company that I truly believe in. Vincero watches. All right. Now, listen, there's a huge blow. Let me take this off for a second. I want to just show you this watch. I doesn't match my current outfit, but this one here. But this is so awesome. Look at the presentation here. This sort of watch, right? A men's watch like this. Look how beautiful this is. Where they wrap it. I mean, it's really, really cool. Check this out. I mean, honestly, this watch, all right? Listen, it used to be that, yeah, the best watches in the world, Swiss, you know, precision made, yeah, they kept better time. This watch would keep as good a time as the, like an atomic clock at NASA. That's how great the technology is now, okay? So the thing keeps time impeccably. It's beautiful. It feels so good on your wrist. Check this out here, all right? This feels so good on your wrist, all right? Okay, it's... Fits for anyone. You can make it bigger, small, right? It's a beautiful watch. Now, let me just tell you one thing. All right, I've had every expensive watch in the world. I have. I've had hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollar watches down ten, five thousand. I love watches. Okay, what do you think this watch would cost? This is a really high quality, beautifully made watch. Okay, if I told you this watch was only a few hundred dollars, you wouldn't believe it. Okay, but that's what it is. This company has cracked the code for making ultra-fine men's watches. Maybe, I think it's just men, I'm not sure. But either way, the point is, is that the watches are beautiful. They feel great on your wrist. It's not like a cheap, you know, the worst thing you could do. Can I give you one piece of advice as a man? Don't wear one of these cheap, fake Rolexes. That's awful. They're cheesy. They feel terrible. This feels good. It's got weight to it. And by the way, here's the price. You ready? Normally, okay, that watch, I think it'd be thousands of dollars. I think it's $297. They have watches like $197 to $297. They're hundreds of dollars. You could have like 10 of these. But listen, all I'm asking you is try one. Check out one Vincero watch. And I promise you, you feel so good. It just feels good on your wrist. It looks beautiful. It makes a statement that doesn't break the bank. It comes in all types of, you know, models, different wrists. I mean, different wristbands. I mean, you, you got to check this out. It's really awesome. Let me give you the particulars here, okay? So you get, for being on this podcast right now, ready? Just use the promo code WOLF here, right? It's VinceroWatches.com. Use the code WOLF, you get 15% off, all right? I'm telling you, you could be a connoisseur with the finest watches out there. Try one. Once you use one of these watches on your wrist, I'm just telling you, it feels great. Like the suit makes the man, you know what? The watch is the same way. All right, check it out. Let me peek this again. VinceroWatches.com. Promo code WOLF, 15% off. Free worldwide shipping. Okay, so shipping is free. Check it out. Go to the website right now. So you had you were like holding a candle for her, basically, right? You knew there was something there, right? Had you... Did you were you thinking about him? Was there an open loop for you as well, or no? I I, I don't think I, I was. If when I saw him, I was like, oh, like there he is. But I was not sitting around thinking about him. Let's be honest. Okay, I no. think that's why he was. <laughs> that's why he was to me. And that's why he likes you even more. Right? Yeah, I'm still not sitting around thinking about him. By the way, 
by the way, by the way, like I don't even pick up his calls sometimes. I'll decline him. We need need something to chase. Yeah. You know, I I think that's important. I think that you still have to keep that spark alive and allow your husband to chase My wife just took off to the south of France without me. (laughs) She sounds like my kind of girl. She's on Central Pay with her friends. Perfect. She was there last month. She's back again. Anyway, but we're older at this point. I mean, I I, I still feel young. It just, when I get into bed in the morning, I realize I'm older the first step. You have young energy. I know. I I think I'll always be young. Let me, I have an important question to ask you guys, right? And ready? When you did get back together, was it bam? Like, was it like instant connection and... I'll let her answer first. Um, For me, it was a little slow, like at first. <laughs> and then... <gasps> this is great. No, I, you- I, t- I take like my time with things. It takes me a while to wrap my head around things. And he's different. I feel like he knows what he wants when he wants it. And so I think he probably knows what how many asshole girls are out there in the world and how few great ones there are. Oh, no, because I, I think, by the way, and that being said, there's a lot of asshole guys out there. Yeah. And only and I think and, and I think that probably and I'm not, I, that's a weird thing to say, because I think there someone's asshole, is someone else's treasure and vice versa. I think that, I think that there aren't that many like, you know, it's like I look at it, so many girls I've dated over the years. But there's only a couple that I really connected with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it is hard to find someone, especially I think in L.A. It's it's. I've talked to a lot of women and you know with Tinder and everything everything is so like the attention span is so quick of everyone uh, so I, you, I, I have to interrupt you here I, this is a yeah. very important question can you both answer honestly separately sure yeah promise not to lie I yep. won't lie okay when you had sex for the first time when you reunited was it good or bad the first time I would say the first time it was super awkward because I think I, I overthought it in my head he was a little nervous Oh, super but then after time. that, it was like amazing. Okay, I like had to get, I had a, I had a, I had a bad start. Did you take Viagra? Did you try to? No, no, I was, I was twenty, I was twenty years old. Didn't need Viagra. He doesn't need you Viagra. Do. No, no, but I mean, no, because that's well. T- see, oh, I get what you're saying. Just to get your, no, 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 it wasn't the first sex. Like, oh no, because guys, so much with a guy is in your. If your head's fucked up, you know, you're, you're not gonna. Perform. I overthought it. Yeah. Right, and then it was just right. like a bad performance. But after you know? that, you you have not had a bad performance, and actually, you have not gone limp ever. So you're good. Dude. I mean, coconut oil lube helps. It does yeah, help. It is. You, we we got to get you some coconut oil. No, lube. we we can't complain in that department now. But I would say the first time was question. awkward. First time is was it, awkward. Is it called woo? We got to get him woo, Travis. We got to get him woo. Go go grab this coconut oil off my off my dress <laughs> on the other house. Seriously, let me, let me see. I'll let you know. It might be warm uh, from this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's okay. So so, do you guys have a really active sex life? Well, now that she's pregnant, is it still as active, or is it so to slow down at all? Yeah, I think it's an active sex life. When since I got pregnant, though, he actually thinks his penis is going to touch the, the baby. Yeah. Well, I had to navigate that too. I did. You know, it's so, the first time I had to I had to I had to think it through. Yeah, I think that that the penis hitting the baby's head is like a little outlandish. Like I really don't think that's. I had possible. to learn. The, I had to learn the, the biology yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, the anatomy yeah, of it all. Yeah, yeah. Like the baby's this way. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. He it's, it can't happen. Do I mean, you, you know, it's it to a, him. I think he needs to like re. I think every guy kind of goes through this the first time it's a little weird thing it was a long time ago for me you know um i think i thought i mean i actually i think in the beginning i had a really great sex only the very end it gets a little bit awkward right the last couple of months i think you're not there yet when it starts to get really crazy the last you gotta months, have sex you know? when you're when you're pregnant i heard it's like a hug for the baby yeah i, I think women are beautiful when they're pregnant i think she's beautiful when she's pregnant. yeah i i think this i think it's a beautiful thing you know yeah i mean did you like having sex better when your wife's pregnant or not <laughs> i love it <laughs> This is my ex-wife. Is ex-wife. This is my ex-wife. Okay. So you know. Um, you prefer not. <laughs> no, like you know, I prefer to say that. Like, if it was my new wife. No, listen. I'm you know. Okay. Wow. 
<laughs> gonna nav- navigate I'm this gonna, one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Careful. Next question. I'm like heads. I'm losing tails. I'm losing. <laughs> it was never good with her. It's only good with my current one. That's <laughs> good. That's a good answer. It, it, no, it was. I think I, I enjoyed it probably more before. Uh, and then in the beginning, probably, I, and then towards the end, a little, a little bit, I started much. getting those feelings like if I hurt in the baby. Even though you know it's stupid. Yeah. I just think it's like out of like, you're just so. You don't want to be as rough. Does that make then, sense? Well, when the second one baby comes in, you're like, bang, fuck it. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, the second okay, baby well, doesn't get nearly the respect or like the, of like the, the, first cl- the first one's like, you're so nervous. I remember like when our my daughter was born. Daughter's I, the oldest? Daughter's the oldest, right? When she was born, we were like, on the way home from the hospital, one mile and out. By the second, we were like holding it out the window. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be okay. You know, it's bad. Yeah. Leave him there. He'll eat next week. You know, it's, you know, it's like, no. You're so nervous with the first one, right? And and I'm lucky because my kids. I have I have three kids in total, right? Two from my marriage. One I basically adopted because my you know my wife now has a, a kid, but I raised him, right? Since he's ten, he's as much my own kid as the others. And I'm really lucky. I have three amazing kids that have done well. But here's my question: What do you do if your kid's an asshole? Like all kids are not. I mean, honest. Can I, can I tell you my truth? My truth. Yeah. I don't think all kids are lovable. Like I always wondered what I would do. I don't. I don't mean. And I don't mean physical stuff. I'm talking about obnoxious. Like some kids are really obnoxious. Um, do you think that's parenting or, or or genetics? Or what do you think about that? I think it's probably a medley. I do think kids pick up on energy and action, not just not just tell you. You can't just tell them something. They have to see you actually do stuff. So for me, I think it starts. I think it starts. This is crazy in the womb. Like my energy right now, I think is so important to the baby. And I know that sounds crazy. No, I think you're a thousand. I couldn't agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yeah, if you I'm highly no? I, do. I agree with you a thousand percent. When he stresses me out, everything he does totally. is like, don't stress out the baby. Like, it, I want... And she says, I'm like, right. uses it against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck all yeah, I use it de- all the time. Yeah, 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 all yeah, yeah. the time. <laughs> Constantly trying to manipulate me. Energy's important. I think kids pick up on that. You know, my wife's big into the energy. She goes, oh, she goes, I'm going to love... She knows she's like, because she's just like that with all the energy thing. So, so okay, who of you two... It, it, it's really weird. You seem like you're an alpha, and you seem like you're an alpha. Yes, yes. It's a it's an interesting dance that we have to. So uh, right, navigate. see, and, and but, but my wife and I were both alphas as well. Okay. Okay, but I learned that the best way to get what I want as an alpha is to pretend I'm a beta sometimes with my heart because like women, I believe women should be put on a pedestal. I've I've always been taught that my myself, and I think when a man is really confident, like I I know that my my wife's in her mind her greatest job in life is to make me feel like my best self. That's in her, I know it's what she's thinking. So when she does things to piss me off, I say, you know, I know she's not doing it to try to hurt me. I really know she has my best interest at heart. So when she does stuff to piss me off, I can always rationalize it and say, it's not because she's trying to hurt me and manipulate me. It's her own shit. You know what I mean? Like, I know she really loves me. I really know that my wife today loves me unconditionally. So it, it allows me to sort of, let's just say, not be a beta, but to sort of allow someone else to sort of, let's say, not only get their way, but like, I, I don't nothing to prove. You know what I mean? But I th- you have quiet confidence. There's nothing hotter than quiet confidence yeah. in a man. Nothing hotter. When a man that has to tell you everything he's done and he's doing and how much money he has, and it's it's that's a ter- right turn off you, right? Well, it's just boring. It's predictable. And you, what you have with your wife, it sounds like, is you you are alpha, but it's quiet confidence too. I guess I don't. I, I mean, I think I'm in a. I think I'm in a. I thankfully at this point in my life, I'm in a good position. I guess I've kind of proved what I have, have to prove for good and bad in my life. You know, all the things I've done well and not so well, right? But what about 
like you guys are this really interesting. Like you're a young couple, all right. You're early thirties, right? Yep. Yep. You like represent like the future. You seriously, like you guys are young, right? What are women? Why is it that you've really built a huge following? You have. What do you think it is about you and also you guys as a couple that makes people connect so much with your message? You have a huge following. So what? There's so many. It's such a crowded space. Come on, the podcast is a zilly. Everyone, the grandma. Does a podcast now, right? Yep. Everyone. You guys have a real following. And it's not just because you started early. It's nothing to do with it. You guys have built a following. It's not because you're cute, all right? Because there's a lot of cute girls out there, right? You are beautiful, but that's not it. There's something about you and the interaction that people find attractive. What do you think that is? What is that something that, that there's a something there? And rather than me trying to put words, I want you guys to tell me what you think it is. I think that what we do and what our MO is, is to encourage people to be their best self. So I think a lot of influencers want their audience to copy what they're doing in their formula and try to be like them. And with us, we want to give people tangible tools and tactics and habits to take away to use in their own life. And I think that that people feel that. It's like, again, an energy and intention. They feel that we are there to provide immense value to their life, but not to be like me or to be like Michael, but to live on their own terms with really valuable takeaways. Give me an example of that, like in a, of, of like some of the takeaways or like something. Like there's something, there's something about what you do that's very attractive. So what, like, we, what we try to do is break down taboos and, and take people and, and make people realize that they don't have to fit in a box, right? Like if you, we were talking a little bit about my background and her background before we got started here, and it's it's so out of the box, it's so different than the traditional path. You know, go to school, get a job. That it's so different, and, and I think where people, what the the message that people identify with is we've really done things on our own terms. It's not always been perfect, but there's a lot that has not been perfect. But people. People identify with that much like, wait, I can do what makes me feel good as a human being on my terms and be successful at it without having to be apologetic, right? You not, not have to apologize to your parents. You don't have to apologize to your peers. You can live your life on your terms with the person that you want to live it, the way you want to live it. And I think that's the message people get. So when people come on our show, it's never like, hey, this is our take and what we think. We really just try to bring people on and say like, hey, what's worked for you in your life? And I think people identify with that message. Like, okay, why we were talking about Ed Milet. Very inspirational person. I would never say, hey, go do what Ed's doing. That's Ed's formula. You can never duplicate that. But I would say to somebody, hey, do your formula to the best of your ability in whatever way you want. And with that, people will identify with that message and you'll you'll find success. Where people screw up, in, I think, and, and have trouble connecting with an audience is they take someone else's formula and say, hey, I'm another version of this. I'm another version of a Jordan Belfort. I'm another version of a Gary Vee, of an Ed Milet, of a Lauren Everson. That never works. What we're trying to point out is you can be the truest version of yourself and find massive success doing that. And to just get really, really micro with you, I was doing what you were supposed to do. I was in school taking 19 units, bartending all night, teaching pure bar and Pilates, and then I decided I wanted to launch a blog. And this was 10 years ago. And I, I worked at this bar where there was a lot of very rich men. Very, very rich men. And I remember 10 years ago being a bartender and saying to them, I'm going to be a blogger. And My wife was a bartender too, by the way. I like it. Yeah. I, I already like her. In San Diego. I, I feel like maybe we know each other well, then. She's older than she yeah, she's, I won't say how old she's older than you though. But hey, she was a bartender. You have to tell me after where she bartended. Yeah. Um, which I think bartending, by the way, is a great skill for just life. I think everyone should be in the restaurant industry at one point. But I remember telling all these men that I was going to be a blogger and they just laughed. Like they, they thought it was funny. They're, How are you going to monetize off that? 
what do you mean you're gonna be a blogger? And so at that point, I just really took it into my own hands and just did things on my own terms. And that's really worked for my life. And I, if I can let any of those tips or tricks or tactics or habits rub off on the audience or, or bring other people on or experts on to give their tips and tricks, that's that's like what we want to do. I think that sometimes influencers just share what they're wearing or what they're eating, but there's nothing, there's not enough um, depth. Well, we really like try to document more than, you know, than, than create, like it's, it's really just do documenting the entire process, right? Like what those days looked like when we were really struggling, when she was a bartender, when nobody was paying attention to blogs. When we started the podcast, it was out of our kitchen. Like everyone, when we started, was like, what the hell is a podcast? Why would you do that? That's stupid. And now, like I said, I mean, it, the show's grown to what it's grown into and everybody and their brothers got a podcast. But I think what, what people have been able to see over the years is what that process has looked like. We, you know, we worked with, with your team years and years ago out of our living room, out of our kitchen. And, and I think what people identify with is like, oh, look at all the brick by brick by brick that's turned into this success, if you call it that. And I think that's the message people get from is like hard work, perseverance, you know, putting your, your head to the grindstone every single day or nose to the grindstone. I think that's the message that people identify with. It's not like, hey, come in, buy this, buy that. Don't be like me. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not it's that. It's very non-judgmental community. It's a very, everyone's non-judgmental. Like I have a Facebook group of 50,000 women where it's every, it's not a lot of drama because it's just everyone is so non-judgmental unapologetically themselves we talk about everything and anything will someone like go on on the that site and ask a question and mm -hmm. people will answer it and and is it all positive or ne any negativity that's how the show Sometimes started there gets there of course there at 50,000 there's going to get negativity sometimes and you monitor that and delete it out if it gets too negative or no you let it go any negativity we we delete because it's not a negative space i have moderate I mean. yeah it's so just I, like it's so very similar to what I, yeah, yeah. this is my thing it's it, this is not the space it's not the space for politics or religion either there's 5 million other spaces for exactly. that this is more of a space to ask about uh, you know, an orgasm or what vibrator to get or what beauty product you should buy at the drugstore. Like it's just, it's a very, um, it, it's just like-minded women having normal conversations that you would have over happy hour. Yeah. And if people want politics or religion or fights or negativity, like go somewhere else. The show started the first 25 episodes was just call-ins and Q&A from the audience. How do you do this in a relationship? How do you market this? What beauty products? What life? Whatever the question was. That was the whole basis of the podcast in the beginning. We didn't monetize it. We didn't go to sell anything. It was literally just to provide value and connect with an audience on a broader level. So what would you say? Like, for instance, let me, let me give you an, a, the parallel with what do I do, right? So you got, I'm, I specialize in sales training. Sure. And it's not just for sales, but it's communication. It could be for anything. It could be a mom wanting to learn how to influence their child to make their bed, do their homework. It could be a teacher. A, it doesn't matter, right? Um, but it's a very specific sort of outcome, right? And there's other stuff, entrepreneurship, right? And I think you're 100% right. I always say, I don't want you to learn to, to become me or sell like me, but there are certain tactics and strategies I use that are easily duplicatable that you can use in your own life to get what you want. So is it, is it similar to that? Like, so you give them strategies, like if someone like beauty tips, would it be beauty tips? That you I kind of asked that earlier and I didn't get to answer what I was wanting to say. Yeah. Well, I just did an episode for 30 minutes on productivity. So it's how to be the most productive, how to work smarter, okay. how to time batch. So actual skill. Yeah, okay, yes. so hardcore skill, right? Yeah, and I think that as women too, sometimes I feel like women need some masculine energy sometimes. And like I feel I'm very tapped into my masculine energy side, but Definitely also so. my feminine energy side. So I feel like to intertwine the two is, is really fun for me and the audience appreciates that. Um, 
I like, you know, I love like Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, Ed Milet. I love all these guys, but kind of making it a more feminine approach, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know. I have a question for you. I know. Well, I'm going to tell you. I have I'm, I'm going to say that, guys. We can go if you want. We can go tit for tat. I'll ask you a question. Yeah, I have and a question. You ask me a question. I love answer because I, I love to speak. Uh, oh, great. So <laughs> ask me a question. Okay, so you talk. You were talking about persuasion. How did you teach yourself that? Was that just something you started putting books on tape on? Because they didn't have podcasts back then. I would think, right? No, they didn't. So what happened was, I am fortunate that I'm a, one of those people who's a born closer. I was a world class salesperson from pretty much the time I first opened up my mouth and started using it for persuasion. I was the kid with the lemonade stand. That was the kid with the paper out. Um, And I first really sold in an organized way uh, when I was 21, uh, out selling meat and seafood door to door. And I broke all the company records. I shattered them, right? And I realized I had a gift for it, right? And then I said, well, I might as well open my own business doing that. And I started my own company, started training salesmen. That was when I was 21. I built that business up to 26 trucks and then ran it into the ground, went bankrupt because I made every mistake a young entrepreneur could make, overexpanded, undercapitalized, growing on credit, right? That is what got me to Wall Street. So I went down there as the movie. I'm sure you saw the movie, right? So my first days after six six months as a trainee, the market crashed, and I ended up in a small penny stop firm. And in the same way that... You know, when I first started selling meat, the first pitch, the first time I opened up my mouth to speak, selling stocks, it just came out perfectly. And everyone crowded around me, just like the movie. And that was how my career on Wall Street really started. And what happened was I then came up with an idea, which was selling $5 stocks to the richest 1% of Americans. See, what happened was back in the day, it was like the the, the educated kids went to work at Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch, and they called the rich people. Then you had the uneducated kids that were kind of poor from the lower class families, went to like penny stock firms and called average moms and dads. I found this middle ground of selling $5 stocks to the richest 1%. No one had tried it before. What happened was, is the system I was teaching for sales, which was something I just you know put together as my own you know, you know, trial and error, it was doing great for selling penny stocks to average moms and pops. That's a very easy sale. If you know about sales, like that's like an impulse sale, $500. It's like a, a lotto, a dollar in a dream, right? Sure. When I came up with this idea to sell $5 stocks to rich people, when they would buy, they'd buy $50,000. So I tested the idea myself with my junior partner, the Jonah Hill character, <laughs> and it worked so well, it was mind-boggling. Like, it was unbelievable, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. And I looked out into the board and said, I have these 12 young kids, basically, you know, uneducated nincompoops, right? I said, all I have to do is teach them to call rich people, and I'll be a billionaire. Well, as they also say, easier said than done. It turned out that training a bunch of barely post-adolescent nincompoops who had the collective IQ of Forrest Gump on three hits of acid, right? To call the richest, (laughs) toughest, most sophisticated investors in the world, right? It was impossible. I couldn't train. I couldn't do it. My system broke down. So like a, a system in engineering, like you do a stress test, how strong, how robust is a system? You don't know until you stress it to the point of fracture, right? So they, they test bridges because they how much stress. Well, my system was stressed and it broke. I couldn't teach average 20-year-olds with no education to call up a rich businessman and extract a million dollars from them. So I was basically 
at a crossroads. I tried everything. I listened to every book, tape back, books and tapes, right? I went to set, no one, my, the system I cobbled together was far better than anything I could find out there. And I almost had to give up and I was giving these long marathon sales training sessions at night trying to use this old system. And finally, you all came out to one night and they wanted to quit, my guys. They weren't making any money. They said, let's go back to selling penny stocks. And I knew that I was onto this big idea because here was what was happening. I was doing it still, and so was my junior partner, Danny. We were making tons of money. So I was closing about 40% of the people I spoke to. Danny was closing about 30. The kids, zero. Same customers, same script, same stock. I'm closing like wildfire. They can't. Like, so what do, you, what do you think the, re- the reason for that I, is? Well, I found what it was. It hit me in one night. I gave a marathon session to these guys at four hours, and I, I looked out at them. I said, I don't get it. What's so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, after about 15 minutes of listing every objection they were getting hit with, you know, I looked at these guys, and an idea popped in my head. I'm like, you guys don't, don't understand. I mean, every sale's the same. They're like, what? I'm like, every sale's the same. I'm like, Watch, it's a straight line. And I drew a long, thin, straight line on the board as a visual reference for what I was thinking. And I came up with a system that came to be known as the straight line. And the system proved to be so powerful that within a day of that, the next morning when they came back, they went on an account opening spree that spawned not just one movie. It was Boiler Room was about me, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, Tuba. I mean, these kids all became millionaires. They told their friends and thousands of people poured in and the system was born, the straight line system. And the mistake I made, I'll tell you flat out, was I did not combine that power of persuasion with ethics and integrity. That was my mistake, all right? Because like anything else, any system, any, any power can be used for what? Good or evil. Yep. A gun is great. If Imagine a woman on the homestead, all right? Three men break out of jail. They're going to go rape her and kill the children. That's a great weapon. The same person takes a gun for the bell tower and kills 20 people. Is the gun good or bad? No, it's the intention of the person using it. I created this incredibly potent system that could take any human being and turn them into a superstar salesman. And it still works even better because now it's been, I mean, it's been scrubbed for ethics. It's amazing, right? But back then, I was foolish, and I was high on my own supply, so to speak. People calling you the king. I was stupid, and I used it without thinking about ethics and integrity, and it backfired, and from got massive, and all these kids became rich, and then I lost everything, and I learned my lesson, thankfully, and here I am today. Wow. That's the story. I cannot wait it's to have you system. on our podcast. What do, you, what do you think is at the core of somebody that can sell, though? Like, what do you... What- Human trade is that? Like, Let me what? Ask you a question. Sure. Question for question. It's like, wait, it's like Silence of the Lambs. Well, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question, okay? Okay. Um, what's the what was the low point of this whole experience? Now you guys have this blog. Now you're really successful. Was there a low point where you guys where you said shit ain't working? What? And then you, did you make any? Is there any one pivot that you made where you guys said, aha? I think we're onto something. Did that moment ever occur? Or was it a straight ride up from the beginning? I haven't had a straight ride up from the beginning, but my my journey's been more um, daily things. It hasn't been one thing that imploded and was horrible. It's been just little fires putting day to day to day. Any one big success? Any one move you made that there, really? Yes, there is one that stands out. There's there was a time when Instagram, all these bloggers were in this thing called comment pods, and basically what it is, what? Co- comment pods. Okay. 
So what it is, is you can get in a message, like a DM message, if this makes sense, with 15 people. So they would be in 100 comment pods with 15 people in each pod. C-O-M-E-N-T, comment pod. Yes. I got it. Okay. Like, like um, P-O- I get it. Okay. So basically, these, these bloggers would be in these comment pods, so 15, and they'd be in 100. So that's 1,500 comments. So every time they posted an Instagram... They would send the picture to the comment pod and all 14 of the other people would comment on the picture. So it was essentially inflating themselves because it wasn't the community commenting. It was the other bloggers. Sure. But what that did is it got brands attentions. So all the bloggers, they they were making all this money off fake pretense. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, of course. It looked like they had far more engagement than they did. Yes. So I this is probably like five years ago. I saw this was happening and I joined one to try it. And one day I realized I'm spending so much energy commenting on other bloggers' photos. Why don't I take all this energy and pour it into my community? And yeah, that's going to take longer to get 1,500 comments on a photo. But I think in the long run, it's worth it. And so I got out of the pod and that's what I did. And for the last five years, I've poured all my energy into the community, all my energy into the audience, the community, how I can make their lives, like I said, the, the, the valuable takeaways. And so what's happened is now I feel like my comments have gone, my, not my, I don't even want to say my comments, my engagement overall has gone up, mm-hmm. whereas Legitimate all the bloggers though, right. has flattened. Mm-hmm. Because how many, I mean, you can only comment on so many photos a day until right. you get bored with that. Yeah. So that's a little one. I mean, it's not a big thing, but I just, I noticed that when you pour your energy towards the people instead of, you know, supporting all the other bloggers, that really made a big difference. So would you say in some sense it was about that I'm going to focus on actual giving real value versus trying to dress it up to make money on selling ads or whatever? You know, the funny thing is, is like every time I've chased something for, like, say myself, selfishly, okay, I'm going to go for this because it's a big deal and make a bunch of money, or I'm going to go pursue this business because it be good for me. Whenever I did that, I would find myself at the end of that road, even if you hit the goal, those things are fleeting. They're short. And, all, and next thing you know, you're like, okay, I'm on my ass again. Like, I got to find the next thing. And right? it, it, it kept happening over and over and over. I mean, you know, fa- we were really early on on Facebook doing a bunch of marketing for a bunch of bullshit products. It made a lot of money at the time. There was no substance. There was no brand. And so you do that, and all of a sudden that market dries up and you're on your ass again. Like, wait a minute, what am I building here? It wasn't until we figured out, wait a minute, we got to stop doing things for ourselves and start providing value to other people. And when and that happened, it's funny. It's like more success, more audience, more engagement, more revenue. But it's it's a hard thing to. Fo- a, it's, it's, I, it's, I, I it's could difficult. not agree with you more, though. I, I, I you don't. It's it's counterintuitive. I so agree with you. I could so it's just like I to my from my balls up. I agree with you because <laughs> honestly. If people would just understand that this, it's such a, because it, it takes longer. It takes, it takes longer. There's no, and it's way harder. And it's harder, but, but it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. It feels great, and you'll make a lot more money once it starts to ramp up. That I'm sure of. I was the guy that would say, okay, I remember being a young, younger and being like, one day I'll be able to afford a gold Rolex. I think they'd be like, okay, I'm choosing. And what happened was, Work, 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 hustle, 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 do a bunch of bullshit stuff, get the gold Rolex. What happens is you get it, you're like, okay, now I'm going to get right. the AP. Okay, hustle, 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 get it. Okay, now I got to get the paddock. And what happened is I realized like this is a never-ending cycle of unfulfillment, right? I'm never going to be fulfilled doing this. I'm never going to be happy. It's, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's not, it's not building in anything. And so I had to, I mean, you, 
you grow up and you're so goal oriented and you think, okay, I got to chase these things for this stuff. And you realize that that stuff is, leaves you feeling empty. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out, okay, how am I going to be a fulfilled person? How am I going to achieve my goals while also being a value to not sure. just myself, but to, to people in my community and to the world. And so I think like it, it takes a long time to make that switch and it takes a lot of hurt and it takes a lot of kind of stumbling and failing to figure that out. But once you figure it out, it's so counterintuitive, but everything else becomes easier. And I think, I think when everyone's looking towards one thing, so 99% of bloggers nowadays, 10, 10 years later of people wanting to get into my space will say, how do, how do I make money? And I say, if that's the first question you're asking, go back to the drawing board. Like I did not make one penny for three years. And I blogged seven days a week for three years, not one penny didn't make a dime because I, I knew that I was building brand. So I think if you're starting out and you're a blogger, you're an influencer, you're a content creator, entrepreneur, you have to be okay with really leaving money on the table to play the long game. Because, I mean, I think social media, if you want to be a creator, it is a long-term game. It's not something quick. I I agree with you. I'll tell you, it's really funny. Um, First, let me get a tooth and then I'll let you ask me a question, all right? So let me just give you my thoughts on what you said. In terms of what you were saying, right, so I have a way, and I agree with you with the whole thing with, you know, goals and stuff, right? So the way I teach it to people, in my mind, I've worked out, like, you know, you have goals and then you have a vision. And, like, your vision is, like, your long-term, you know, it's your guiding light, what you really want to move towards in your life. And it's sort of like the longer-term three- to five-year outcome. It's and your then compass. You have, right, and then you have, and that's where your emotional attachment lies. Along the way, you have all these goals, that are like stopping off points along the way, and they show you whether or not you're heading in the wrong or the right direction. But your goals are fleeting. In other words, I think the mistake people make is goals in the absence of vision, they have no power because also, even when you hit them, you're like, okay, great, what's that? It's like it doesn't, it's all a goal does is show you are you moving in the right direction or the wrong direction towards your vision. When you're setting goals correctly, you're missing them mostly. I don't hit my goals because I stretch. When I set a goal, I want to make sure that goal is so robust and so bright that even if I'm half right, I'm still doing really, really well. I don't see the problem I believe with most people is not that they set their goals too high and miss them. They set their goals too low and hit them. And then they don't know what to do. And then it's like the enemy of great is, is good because when you go, okay, well, I hit that. You feel good and no pain to change versus to me, goals are simply signposts along the way to a vision for the future and they connect up. It's like sort of like the, these little stopping off points along the way. That's my take on it because you're right. In the absence of that, you almost feel unfulfilled. It's like goal to goal to goal and it gets corrupted almost like, oh, I'm goal-oriented. It doesn't mean anything. It loses its power, you know? We so have what's author- your vision? My I want to know your vision. That's my question. So it's a good question. So my, you know, and again, your, my, your vision is a living for me and I, and I, I teach this to others as well. It's not a constant. It's a living, breathing organism that evolves and grows. My vision, and it's, it's, I'm in a really fortunate spot right now. I've become incredibly greedy. I'm really greedy now. I always say greed is not good, ambition is but I've become greedy. But I have good greed now. And, and someone clarifies. I don't know if you know John Maxwell. He's a yep. famous leadership trainer, right? And a wonderful guy, most ethical man. I do training for that. I train their company, right? And a guy named Paul Martinelli runs their, one of their divisions. It's just a great company, right? They're considered the number one leadership people in the world, right? And I was at their event about a month ago. I said to John Maxwell, we were doing an interview together. I said, John, let me ask you a question. I'm feeling really greedy right now and I'm having a problem. I, I think it's, it's kind of, you know, really positive. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, 
I created the system, uh, an upgraded version of the straight line. About, about six months ago, I, I, I started promoting it. And it works so well that every day I'm getting like 50 people saying, you changed my life. I love you. And that has become the single most important thing to me is I love the feeling of helping people. I become greedy for helping other people. Is that and, and he goes, I that's like called cool. goes, that's called good greed. Yeah. Now my vision now, I wanna help millions and I wanna spread this ability I have to help people live better lives, make more money, live more empowered lives, not just money, it's more empowered lives by learning how to communicate more effectively. And that my vision, my mission is literally to spread that around the world as much as possible. The fact that I make money as a result of that, wonderful. But all I know is one thing, that every life I touch, they walk away saying, I would have paid him 10 times more. This is so Tony Robbins. You're going for contribution now, which is different. Well, it's, you're in, and it's fulfilling, right? Yeah, well, it's, you know, I don't, like, yes, I mean, I think it's about, like, there's a feeling that you get when someone says, you changed my life, like, you... I mean, it's just like, it's a, it's almost, it's a, high. It's, it's a high you get. And I get it so, well, I get it nonstop. And I have no one, and I have zero unhappy, zero unhappy customers, zero. Okay. That's how I, I create something very special because I played the long game this time. I, you know, you get older and wiser, right? So that was, that's my vision. Really. It's very simple, right? It's very clear for me right now. I haven't, I was, I have a God given ability that I've honed to perfection over years and years and years, decades now. Right. And I'm in a fortunate spot that I have, you know, a hundred and fifty million dollar commercial in the form of a movie with the world's biggest movie star that ends with me teaching the sales system. So I got lucky. I mean, on some level, I had to pay for it, right? Um, but I also got a responsibility. A lot of young kids look up to me, um, and I make sure they understand that. Yes, I mean, I did some amazing things, entrepreneurship, sales, but to do it right. So it's, it's giving this message of combining. You know, empowerment, money making, but with ethical persuasion and giving back. That to me is like, that's my whole, that's like really simple. That's my vision. It's to do it more and more and as much as I can until the day I die. So if you could go back and tell yourself when you have that long straight line that you're drawing, if you could tell yourself one thing and you're you right now, what would you tell yourself? Like one, just Back one, at what age? When you were, when you were drawing the straight line for all that your employees. Night? Yes. You can't be half pregnant when it comes to ethics and integrity. See, I never, I come from a really good family. I wasn't raised to go out into the world and commit mayhem. I never got in troubles. I was, like, I was that, that kid that aced every single test since I was born, basically. I was, the, you know, my whole family's like that. Harvard University, valedictorians, they were all very scholastic, right? And I had that same ability, right? Um, but I also had the verbal side, this uh, God-given verbal ability, right? And everyone who knows me, grows me, everyone knows that, right? Um, and that's a, a gift, Nature or God, whatever you want to say, right? You know Spider-Man, right? His, 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 his uncle, not his grandfather. With great power comes great responsibility, right? I, I just fucked up. Like, I had these gifts, these tremendous gifts. And then I stumbled. I had this moment. I stumbled upon, like, this is a real system I created. It's, like, it's, not, it's not a joke. It's a real system, all right? And I took no mind at the age of 23, it was, of how much damage a powerful weapon without ethics can do in the hand of a bunch of nincompoops that are 19 and 20 years old. I took kids, I gave them a skill set that without giving them any life struggles to build character, without giving it a moral underpinning, 
take that same power and combine it with ethics and integrity, you have a recipe for the life of like unbelievable dreams. And like, I mean, I help people all the time. Nothing feels better, especially when you've made the mistakes to come back from that. So that's, for me, my mission is clear. But also I think, you know, it's, and it's not just me. There's a lot of people, whether it's in, you mentioned an Ed Milet or even a Tony, okay? I mean, I, mean, I think most people like that, for, every, but for everyone like that, there's a lot of charlatans out there. Sure. Right? You know, you could say, what, you could, Tony, you could hate him, you could love him, whatever. He's not a charlatan, the guy. He's been doing what he does for 30 freaking years, mm-hmm. and you're not around for 30 years if you're full of shit. Yeah, it's short-lived. If you're it's short-lived. Yep. You don't have a system for 30. My system's now 31 years and going. It just keeps getting better and more refined through the years, right? The problem nowadays, I think, in our space is there are so many people who are just full of shit. Yeah, there is a lot of people that are full of and shit. And they don't, all they want to do is make, and, and you know, I don't, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. There is sure. nothing wrong with that. It's a noble pursuit because- you know, as I always say in the movie, it was a true line. I say, you know, I've been rich, I've been poor. I choose rich every fucking time and never look back. Listen, I've been rich and I've been just so fucking happy. I've been rich and I've been really miserable. I've been poor and I've been really miserable. I have never been poor and happy. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Makes and sense. if that, and, and you know what? Uh, that's me, and it's a lot of people. Do you sound like my husband? Well, I mean, oh, listen, if, if you know what the other side, if you know uh, what life can be. I like well, the self awareness. Oh, money is a tool. Listen, okay, money's a problem to be solved. I'm not, see, here's my point. I'm not saying money will buy you happiness, but a lack of money is a passport to fucking misery. It is. I've seen more marriages break up because of money, children's sickness not being taken care of. I mean, so much terrible stuff, right? And it's so easy to make money. The distinction that you point out, which is brilliant, by the way, you guys hit on it, is that, honestly, it takes time to do it right. In other words, when you cut corners, it is true. You can make money more quickly by cutting corners. But it's not sustainable for the most part. And it doesn't feel right in the end. Well, you know, when you do something right, you guys have done something right. And, it's, and it feels, it must feel really great now to look back what you've built because you know you built it right. I didn't have that in my, I struggled with that in my 20s. You know, you were an influencer though. Do you know that? Like, do you, yeah. when you look back, when you look back on what you've, like, when you were 23, there wasn't social media. Before, I was, before there was influencer. You were an influencer yes. before there was social, which is so interesting to me. Because if you, if you had, the internet, how it is now. Oh when you were 23 and you were able to draw that straight line on the board so, to a million people, can, it's probably a good thing the internet didn't exist. You might have done it differently, though. You might have done it differently. You know, I, I'll tell you this. I, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, and again, when I come, I'm going to come on your podcast. Oh, well, I'm I have, thinking I want to come on three my hours? Life, though. I'm thinking that. we could do. We could come on multiple yeah, times. Yeah. We have. Because so, so, um, you'd love her. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking. So let, let me let me look, put it this way, right? There was other things. I don't, I don't want to make this about me. It's my podcast. I love to talk, though, right? But um, I will say this before I ask you another question, that there was things that I went into my adulthood with, insecurities, holes, um, that um, I thought money would fill up. I thought that once I got rich. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, I was yeah, like that. Yeah, course, I think, right? uh, and, and with men, a lot, too. Right? With and men. I'm sure you can relate, right? Um, I was a late bloomer, okay? I didn't, couldn't climb Mount Lauren when I was in sixth grade or even eighth grade. <laughs> it wasn't until the end of high school I really started to bloom, right? And that frustrated me. And then what happened was, 
So when you don't, here's my theory about why people like myself and why a lot of young child stars blow up, like they implode, right? My theory is that, so watch what happens. When you're not making it yet and you're miserable inside, you're saying, you know what, I understand why I'm miserable because I'm not famous yet, I'm not rich yet. There's reasons why you can justify that uncomfortability. The hole you feel inside makes sense to you. So you say, well, I know, but it's okay because I'm working towards my goal or my vision and once I get there, then I'll feel good. The problem happens, what happens when you get there? This is a conversation that we're having so much on our podcast. My husband always talks about this. It's like, it's called the I'll be happy when syndrome. That's what we had a really get. And it's really, really bad right now. I'm I'm noticing it in a lot of young people. You know, the author, Mark Manson, he wrote the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had him on our show. And so what happened with him is he had a light. His vision was that one day he would be a New York Times bestselling author and he would go around the country and speak. And he said, "Okay, it'll take me 30 years to get that vision to to be to become a prominent writer and execute. What happened was with the success of that book, all of his checkboxes were checked within a year best-selling author, millions of sales, millions of dollars, speaking ever. And what happened is he actually got extremely depressed for a while because it was instantaneous success and he didn't know where to go from there because he had this whole life vision of where he was going to take 30 years to build this and then all of a sudden one year it happened and he said he just, he was sitting around playing Zelda trying to figure out his life. He'd look at his bank account every day, bigger and bigger and bigger checks, but he wasn't, he wasn't happy because he just, he had all of, it's like astronaut syndrome, right? You go to the moon. Yeah. What's And next? then what do, you, what do you do next? I think, you know, on some part of that it's not just what do you do next just that you feel that the insecurities that we all walk around with we're able to make sense of them through rationalization and justification now the human mind is really freaking powerful and crazy right so there's all these loops running right and you say well as you said i'll be happy when so as long as you have a vision and you believe you're moving towards that vision, you can justify uncomfortability, lack, mm-hmm. uh, insecurities, because I know once I get there, I'll feel whole. The problem is, is that when you get there, you're still the same person when you arrive if you haven't done the work. So, you know, I think for me, it, I mean, I don't think you ever really fully, you know, listen, you know, they always say you're kind of baked when you get out of your adolescence, you are who you are, right? But you become to, you come to understand yourself. I understand my demons. I understand what drives them. They're still there, but they're, they've been rationalized and talked out, whether it's through therapy and mostly through writing my first book. When I wrote my first book, it was like this, I, cause I wrote, I didn't ghost, I didn't have a ghost, I wrote it myself. So I really got to dig it. A lot in, of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. So I got to dig into my psychology and really understand myself. And also, you know, values, you know, you know we have values that we are essentially trying to hit on some level, and what happens is, is that, you know, if your values are not, like, under attack, and that's something, like, you don't change them easily. Like, your values are your values. It either takes, like, really, like, like, psychology intervention through therapy or a cataclysm. See, I had a cataclysm. My life was destroyed through a combination of going to jail, drugs, uh, a, a destroyed marriage, losing my children. So I had, to, I had no choice but to re-examine my values. If you would have asked me what my number one value was in 1997 or 96, I'd say money. Number two is power. Or maybe power was one and money was probably one, one and the same. Number three was family. Number four was like um, maybe like... Um, giving back in some way, some weird way that I rash. If you ask me right now what my number one value is by far, it's giving value. 
My number one value, what I look to hit is, is they give value. And from there, everything else stems. It all falls into place. When your money's your first value, it's like really destructive. It's bad. Let me ask you guys a question, right? Okay. When you really started hitting it, like I didn't know you, but I don't really follow up. I'm not that active on social media. My wife said, she said you're going to love them. They're all, she said, your guys are awesome. It's amazing stuff. She said, they're really super successful. And all my people say, really successful. How did that impact your relationship with the success? Did your relationship get better with the success? Did it strain success? Um, did it, um, or not affect it at all? I th well, it's always, like I said, it's always a balancing act working together and, and building what we've been building together. But I think at, at the end of the day, we're very aligned and like we're building a life together. And so I always tell people like we would abandon everything else if it jeopardized this. Like the, the whole, we were, we were driving over here and we're like, well, isn't this great that we get to go and do this together? I mean, one way that it works with us is that I have my business and she has her business and then together we have this show and that's and it's and it's a beautiful thing because we get to come together and, and work on this building this great life together. But if that was put in jeopardy with the with the rest of the success, it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it, right? It'd be an unfulfilling life. We, we we're very aligned in the life that we're building. It's very intentional, and just, I think that's what people identify with. Like we set out and figure out, okay, what can we do together? What can we build together so that we can have a beautiful relationship, a beautiful life together, while also providing value to others. But that's not without challenges. I mean, it's getting on a mic with your significant other is. I mean, we've we're 350 episodes in. It's been there's been a million fights. There's been a million. I'm gonna punch you in the face and stab you when you're sleeping. Um, do you have a fight on air? Yeah, yeah, sure. we fought on it. You know, my uh -huh. wife, they're trying to get me to do one with my with my, my You my should wife. do one. We got, well, you know, listen, you might, we, it might, you might fight. Uh, oh no, we'll fight. But uh, no, she's a a brilliant woman, um, very opinionated, which all great women and men are. She's very opinionated, um, but she's a little bit like she's always been one to push me up in front of the camera, and she's more like the power behind the scenes. What, what if Frank Sinatra said he said if you go on a date with a beautiful woman, it shouldn't just be a staring contest? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Well said, Frank. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a bunch. Yeah. Of, he had a bunch of good ones. Okay. Right, that's a good one. So, so she's more like you know pushes me. I've always been promoting me, right? Yep. But she's got so much to offer, so much to say. I know women would love. I mean, listen, she's an enigma. She's in her fifties, and she looks. She's gorgeous, ridiculous figure still. Uh, and she's you know to me, I, I I like the way she thinks. Some people might she might piss some people off with her views, but then again, if you're not pissing some people off, that you probably don't have much to think sure. that are. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is like we don't sugar. I mean, Sure, we fight all the time. There's a, when it's also a dance. Like when you turn it on, when you turn it off. If we're if we're in bed together, yeah, and I'm talking it's business. It's eleven o'clock at night, and he's trying to talk business. I'm like, or if she's, or if you know, if if she's doing like, we, it's it's hard, right? But you have to develop a certain type of communication where you say, okay, like at this time we're going to talk about these things. This time we're working on this. But time, it's, it's it's the difficult. theme of this whole episode, which is good thing. It takes time, so we've had to work through it. Now we're three hundred and fifty episodes in. We've worked through it. It's been a long term strategy. It's not a short. -term not every thing. couple should work together, but I also don't except the notion that couples should never work together. I agree. How many episodes a week are there? No, six a month. Six a month. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you're 350 in. Um, is no, there one episode that stands out that was a really phenomenal... Yes, and you should have him on. Khalil Rafi. You should definitely... Khalil Rafati. I'm in... Khalil Rafati. Make a note of that, Lisa. He is amazing. We'll, we'll introduce you. Who is he? He's he, this... Yeah, you explain who So he, he has a very interesting story. Long, long story short, I mean, he knows everybody in LA. He moved from... Um, where is he from Cleveland got himself in a lot of trouble moved to Cleveland got really hooked on drugs um, live, was living homeless on Skid Row at one point horrible drugs though not like like the, we're talking like he was living Heroin. on the street, Heroin street. Yeah. street yeah. living on Skid Row he was at one point sidebar he was Elizabeth Taylor's what was it like a, like a, kind like, of like a house pool boy, boy like, yeah. pool boy house boy 
Um, sold drugs to all of Hollywood, like really, really. Anyways, gnarly. it's very much like a a story from somebody that was down, really, literally in the gutter, and came back. Now he has a brand called Sun Life Organics in LA. I think they have close to twenty five stores around the world now. Um, it's just like a really empowering story. He wrote a book called uh, What is it like? It's I called I Forgot to Die. I forgot it's to die. So good, and you, you guys I'm, I'm gonna show, I'll connect sure. you guys for sure. Ugh. He's he's amazing. But his episode had so much depth, and it's just a story. It's such an inspirational story because he was really, literally in the gutter, living on the ground, and now he's just thriving. Um, he was a good one. We've had a lot of really great people on the show. I mean, I think like the best thing about podcasting is being able to meet people like you, like do have conversations like this. It's nice to have conversations. We've we've interviewed a lot of interesting women. We've interviewed Jessica Alba. We've interviewed Gary Vee, Chriselle Lim, who's a huge influencer. Ed's been on the show. Ed's been on. We're going to have you on. Who's the, who's the Chris, what? Chriselle Lim. She's an influencer. Um, Ed, Ed was such a great interview. Um, David Meltzer. I had David Meltzer. I love David. Yeah. He was really good, David. Yeah, he's smart. I and really then there's like a, there's another kind of Ed Milet guy that it, oh Robert Green uh, Robert Green Forty Eight Laws of Power he was amazing oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was amazing Ryan Holiday's been on Mark Me I mean we've had like I said I, what I love this medium is if I if I just called you out of the blue and said hey Jordan I need to come pick your brain for about an hour just you know I need you to come in you're like what the fuck are you talking about but if I said hey yeah. Jordan why don't you come on and talk to all these people about whatever you want to talk about for an hour or two you get a lot of yeses and I think. You know, we would we would execute on this medium and and participate in podcasting for free. Like, I mean, now there's a business that exists, but like we sure. said, we started to provide value to let people hear these types of conversations so that they can get some value, and hopefully be inspired. And also, selfishly, for putting for being selfish, to be able to have access to people like yourself and others so that no, we can yeah, learn. It's, you know, it's great. It's really a fun thing because um, I always get interviewed, like mm-hmm. cause of, you know, because sure. of the movie and stuff, right? Um, it was really nice to be able to flip that around and also to interview to find out other people's stories. Let me ask you another question here. Um, in terms of, of takeaways from your, like, is, is, all, is it all women? Like 100% women? Like, what it's, I always say that how Majority I picture probably. it is it's this girl and she's she's doing her makeup before work in the bathroom and she's listening to our podcast, but her boyfriend is not listening, but he's actually really listening. So she's manipulating him into listening and then he becomes a listener. So it's, it's very like the, the platform of the skinny confidential started with my blog and my book and my brand, but I wanted a him perspective too, because I do have that masculine energy side. And so the podcast is more of a him and her spin. So it's, it's mainly women, but there are guys listening in the background. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is it, is this, is there some, set of values or let's say like with, with with my audience i think there's a certain like um common denominator of like in sense like you know okay if you, if you want to follow me there are certain core beliefs not that you have to have but you probably will have i think for the show we like our, at our core value is that we leave all judgments at the door like i said we've had every walk of life on the show and talk you know we we went we flew to vegas to the to the bunny ranch you know the legal brothel mm-hmm. oh my god and we That's interviewed amazing. we interviewed the head never bunny been there, there. No. yeah <laughs> and he's we like what <laughs> and we interviewed the head bunny right? and we said you know what is what is life like a, uh, as a legal sex worker worker like and certain people are going to go in with their stigmas and their judgments but like our whole point is okay leave that at the door for a minute and reserve a non-judgmental yes. place to hear this person's story. You know, if you don't agree with it, don't agree with it, but at least hear it out. And I think that is a core value of our show. You know, we've had other people on the show that are in completely open relationships. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had Gigi Gorgeous on who transitioned. We want to we want to talk to all different people. We don't care how many followers someone has. It's more like, what's your story? What's your journey? And we want to showcase that. Does the show? Would you say it skews politically in one way or the other? Or no politics. No politics. We don't talk about politics. We tend to stay out. 
lot of it. I mean, it's just we're just not there's be, there's people that are more well versed in that's in those subjects. That I don't know speak enough better. about it to talk on it. So it's, it's that's not, not to say we wouldn't have politicians on the show and talk about their issues sure, if they had. Them, but we know. just we're not. No, I respect that actually. I think because I, I honestly I despise when Hollywood people try to talk about politics. I'm like, just fucking act. I mean, you're actors. You're great <laughs> actors. Like, I'm, you know, don't tell me how I should feel. Like, I'll, unless you have some, you know, schooling or if you want to make that what your, you know, your, your walk of life is. That's one thing, right? So you steer clear of politics, yeah, right? Yeah, we try to, we focus on our strength. And my strength is not politics. Is there, is there um, an underlying sense? Okay, so watch. Is it like a, I'm not a victim. Would that be a value of pretty much anyone that watches your show? I think so. I think that we we really say that instead of letting adversity, we talk about this all the time, letting it you know victimize you, allow it to fuel you. That's a huge topic. Um, instead of feeling sorry for yourself, twi- turn it around. Um, definitely, that's that's a that's a, it's a yeah it's very unapologetic i mean like we've we say on the show like if you're sitting around feeling sorry for yourself that's not doing any that's not, not hurting anybody but yourself nobody else cares like everybody has their own issues right you can you can say if i was sitting here coming on the show complaining complaining no people check out they don't want to hear that sure would this be another would be uh if you're gonna masturbate masturbate the right way it, sure uh, totally right totally masturbate with coconut oil lube coconut we oil had um yeah. uh yeah we had people we had the Did founders the of Doc johnson where is it I'm gonna give you some good lube when we really? see you at the podcast. I'm telling you, we we gift it in pink packaging. You're gonna love it. Yeah, we did a show with the founders of the largest sex toy company in America, Doc Johnson. They came in, dumped a box of sex toys on the uh, table. Going like, to the Bunny Ranch though, and actually interviewing Alice Little in the room that she that she performs in was like so fucking cool to really? be able to go and actually talk to these women who do this on a daily basis and study. You know, Dennis Hoff who owned it, and like I I wish that we could interview him. He's not alive anymore, but like. That was he something. died recently, though, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah it was right. like a couple years ago. Couple yeah. years ago, um, his life was wild. Like we just, we want to really just break down the taboos and allow people to hear all different walks of life. And we like and to angles. keep people guessing, right? Like you know, we just had um, Greg McEwen. He's the author of that book, Essentialism, this week. And you know, then we'll have a sex expert, and then we'll have an open relationship. Then we'll have a psychologist, and we'll have a doctor, and then we'll have a skin expert. And we just like to, I mean, for us, selfishly, like if it just became the same thing, having these entrepreneurs come on over and over, influencers over and over, it gets boring. So really, like. Putting the selfish hat on it, saying like, "Hmm, who do we want to talk to? What's a unique perspective? What value will the audience get?" And we always say like, "If you put the audience first, the guest second, and us third, that makes the most interesting. That's the type of show you want to listen. You never want to just go on and, and hear somebody touting about themselves over and over and over again." It's like a bag of checks mix. Does the audience um, want to hear about financial empowerment? Yeah, absolutely. Is that, is that a big part of it? Absolutely, I would say financial. It's it's not even not financial. Like I would say freedom. People, I think millennials, like, I think if you look at my dad's generation, it was all about the house and the car and the white picket fence and this, our generation wants experiences. So I think that that's, that's a big theme. It's more about financial freedom, I would say, than more about how to make money, if that makes sense. No, of course it makes sense. But tell me more about that. Explain. Yeah, so I think like like I said, like my dad's generation wanted like all this stuff to show other people, whereas now how we're fulfilled is through experiences. Well, let's like, just let me. Let me just, in other words, I just want to. You're saying like that, like your dad's generation is probably my generation, not, not quite, but almost. But would it be like when I was growing up? Was like okay, get a job at a company, work hard at 25 get years, the get car. a pension, the house. Burn the mortgage certificate and retire with Social Security. Is that what you mean? Like that's yes, like, and it, even oh. like even I noticed too. Like when women are carrying all these nice bags and all this jewelry, it almost ages you. 
I know, and it it does because I talked to my sister who's 21 and I strategically hired a 21 year old because I want to continue to be on the pulse. Sure. And what she wants to do is she wants to go to Korea or she wants to go travel. She doesn't care about what kind of we purse to, she's wearing. We try to get people to question their their own beliefs. Like, are you are you getting this stuff and, and doing these acts because it's what you really want to do or are you doing it because it's what you think people will think is cool about you, right? And, and so we try to get people to step back and say, wait a minute, do I really want this job? Do I really want this house? Do I really want this stuff? Do I really want to pursue this career? And, and at the core of it, if our show can point out, wait a minute, I actually don't want to do it. I want to do this over here my way. And I'm not doing it to appease my parents or to impress my friends or to impress or to stun on social media. I'm doing it because I actually want to do it. I think that's the biggest message behind our show is like you can you can do that for yourself. It's not a selfish thing, actually. It's, it, you know, the, I totally understand. And. And, and I think by pointing that out to people and showing that as an example, I think that's what millennials are interested in. So when you talk about are they interested in finance, like sure, people want to make more money and they and there's a certain level that you need to make in order to be have, make your basic needs met. But at some point, after after you've got your basic needs covered, it's like the other stuff just becomes more stuff on top of it. And if you haven't if you don't figure out what to do with those finances and and this and how to categorize them and how to figure out what you're actually pursuing, it leads to a lot of unhappiness. And so. Most of the financial conversations on our show are more about like, okay, yes, this is a way to make it, but now that you've made it, what do you want to do with it? I also think, like, let's be honest right now, like the main, right now in 2019, the currency is time. Time is so important. So, so Uber, Postmates, Glam Squad, while, while you do your emails, all these things to me is what I'm spending my money on. Oh, I don't, Glam Squad, what's that? Like, I will get my makeup done while I return an hour of emails. What I spend my money on, like for instance, what is Glam Squad? Glam Squad, they come to your your house and do your hair and makeup, so you don't have to do it, so you can get work done. So I'll work on my phone. I think our generation does not want to waste time either. So we're also not only spending our money on experiences, we're spending our money on time. Mm. And if you can go in an Uber and you can work on your phone for an hour, that's efficient. Mm -hmm. And if you can go home and, you know, do a blog post while your Postmates is dropping off your food instead of cooking, that's efficient. So our generation too is also about being super efficient with our time. Mm -hmm. They're not spending money on, on, on bags and, and Louboutins. It's, it's a different, it's a different climate right now, I think. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me tell you my perspective because you guys haven't been through this, right? Um, You're just too young. I, Grew up in an era where there was no email, no cell phones. In fact, when I started Stratton, there was no computers. I mean, we had mainframes, and then you had the first early stage desktops that did nothing. They were just not usable yet, right? And in fact, I remember my, my one of my junior partners bought a desktop. We made fun of him. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> look at that. So you look at that. that what's that stupid? Was a screensaver? What's all you, you hypnotized by the triangles going around? We thought it was the stupidest thing ever, right? When cell phones first came out, I had one of the first cell phones in my car when I was 21. Got the first bill. It was like $2,000. I ripped it out. I couldn't, it was very expensive back then, right? And then I didn't have them for years. Then when they started coming back in like mid-90s and stuff, I was late to the game. But let me tell you what's really happened, though. People will say to me, I don't understand how you ran a business, how you were productive before there was email and cell phones and text. How'd you get it all done? Have they met you? What? <laughs> Have <laughs> they met you? Right? But no, let me tell you, here's my, I want you to think about this, right? I'll tell you the difference. Back then, 
you knew you couldn't get in touch with people outside of work hours. You weren't expected to. You didn't expect to have emails answered or texts returned. So what happened was, is everything got condensed into those work hours. So you're more productive. So work became work and free time became free time. What I see, the biggest problem I see mm-hmm. for myself and everyone around me right now is that technology has allowed work to spill over into your personal life where I'm in fucking bed at night and I can't, and it's a terrible thing to do and I'm watching TV with my wife and I'm returning emails and texts because they're there and you feel obligated or just it's burning on your mind when you just simply didn't have that option and everyone knew it. So what happened was you'd walk in the morning and 9 a.m. that phone starts ringing and it'd ring all day long. You return calls. You, you understand? It was, hustling, a, yeah. it was a compressed way of doing business. What are your thoughts about? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? What do you think about that? Well, it's, I think it's it's a difficulty, right? We, I mean, we we grew up. We we had we didn't get a cell phone until we were getting out of college. In terms of like a cell phone, I with disagree a, with you that it's a di- no, difficulty. It's a difficulty for people that can't contextualize when to turn it on and when to turn it off, right? Like I catch myself all the time. We get up at five a.m. and I'm checking emails. Yeah, like, but we can productive. go on vacation for three weeks because of the cell phone. Sure. So like you can say that it's a difficulty, but it's also it's also a positive. It can be if it, listen. It, it's a tool. Social media is a tool. Tool, that's like a tool. Else, a like anything weapon. else, and you yeah, can you, use it in the right way, and you can you use have, it in the wrong way. It's it's again wrapping this whole conversation. You can use it in the right way, or use it in the wrong way. Do you think? So do you think there should be like? Do you think that people should try to set boundaries for themselves with with like how much time do you spend on work related stuff when you're not working? How much do you, how much time do you spend on social media versus real interactions? Like, do you think there's any... I, I have a couple problems with social media as an old person. Yeah, no, tell me. Okay, the number one problem, which I think is going to... If it isn't addressed and changed very quickly, it's going to destroy our world as we know it. And that is the echo chamber of the way news is now distributed. Yeah, Mark Manson has a whole book the, about... The yeah. algorithms, they show uh-huh. you more and more of what they think you want to see. So every liberal and every conservative, you get more... You get you constantly get Too skewed. Too much content. Well, you get skewed to what you... You end up in an echo chamber with like-minded oh. thinkers, and you start thinking that everybody is thinking the same. You don't see. Sure. It was a, f- a professor did a study. She formed two profiles on Facebook, and she acted as a conservative on one and a liberal on the other. Within two weeks, you could not recognize the news feeds completely. But here's what I would say. I would say that you're in control of that. So what I do is I monitor my content. And how I do that is I only watch three people's Instagram story. I do not watch anyone else. And the three people I watch are bringing value to my life in health, wellness, and beauty. Mm -hmm. And then when I see something on my feed that's political that I don't want to see, whether it's whatever it is, I'll unfollow it and mm-hmm. I won't see it again. You have to really be a practice, like you have to go into your content and be a practitioner and make sure it's mm-hmm. edited to how you want it. If I see something negative on my Facebook feed that I don't like, I unfollow, never see it again. Yeah, there has to be some human responsibility here where people just like they take some accountability on this type of content they consume. If you is find it your- all, is it all that though? Or is, you think that there also needs to be, those, is, there, is there some responsibility for these platforms right now? To you know, say hey, there's a problem here. Like we, the country, guys. I don't. You know, you're too young for this. The country has never been like it is right sure. now. It was Very not divided. this divided. It wasn't like this. It I just think it's, wasn't. It's a slippery slope if you have the platform start to police because then who's in charge of what gets police, right? Like then that then it's a, then it's up to a human. No, I don't mean police. I mean I'm not going to cut you off. I'm explaining what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about is the what they do now. 
is, is they show you what they think you want to see. the algorithms, yeah. And what I'm saying is, is that what it, someone that's a liberal stops seeing conservative viewpoints. Yep. Oh, and, that's okay. And, and a conservative gotcha. stops seeing liberal viewpoints. Well, well these and algorithms... The lies in the middle. <laughs> these algorithms were built to market to us, right? Exactly. Like, that's what they were. Exactly. And so as long as you can understand that contextually and understand you're being marketed to, no. and those and the stuff that does well in marketing is usually the stuff that's the most negative. Thank the you. The worst for your mind. Yes. But that's why I'm saying the human being needs to step in and say, wait a minute, should I actually be consuming this? And there's so many people that can't do that. That's the problem. You know, like... I wonder. I, I don't, I'm not saying I have a solution as much as that. I just, I'm very concerned about it because I see... I'm looking for reasons why Donald Trump is not the devil, nor is Hillary Clinton the devil. There, everyone's two sides of the same thing. You love me? That's not the point. The point is, is that Republicans and Democrats, conservatives, people used to talk and have healthy conversations, right? And I wouldn't say it's the only time the country's been this divided. It wasn't like the late in the '60s when there was the massive, you know, Vietnam, right? And there was a righteous wrath back then too. But there's something, the difference now is that I think also there's a lot of unqualified people giving out news right now. With like, you know, it's like, it's just, a, I, don't, I don't have an answer. I'm just wondering what you guys think about it. I don't like that you have to be one or the other. I don't, you know, like I could be fiscally conservative and, and very socially liberal. Like I can, you can that's be that. me. Yeah, that's how I am. But, I'm sure but, I, but, but if you, most enlightened people are. But you, yeah, but you cannot, you know, the problem I have is that I don't want to have to identify as a liberal or a conservative. I want to be able to come to a, a rational decision on my own. And I don't like that there's two political parties. I couldn't agree with you more. That's the problem, right? But you, but you have to kind of be one or the other now. And that's the problem with where we are in the country is with that labels. Yes, with labels. You know, I mean, we just registered as independents because we're like. I we're agree. I mean, because I'm not a. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, I, you know, Tommy Laren. You know, Tommy. She's the uh, b- very attractive blonde. Um, oh, the news. She, yeah, she's on Fox News, right? Right. Very, she's young too. Very young. Yeah. She, I, she was here yesterday. She interviewed me. Right. Uh, very smart. Very smart young girl. Right. And do you know? She told me something I didn't know. She was fired from her job before Fox. She's really conservative, Tommy Laren. Mm-hmm. You know why she was fired? Because she was on The View and they said, are you pro-choice or, you know, she goes, I'm pro-choice. They fired her from a conservative outlet because she told the truth that she was pro-choice. Now, Tommy's about as conservative as you get politically. That's why Tommy needs her own podcast. And she always has one. Yeah, she does. (laughs) Yeah, she does. But the point is, it's so weird that like, it's almost like the hijacking of of one party by the religious, right? Hijacking them because the crazy. It's like wacky right now. I'm I'm just concerned because here's the thing. When you meet average people, people are are great. I don't think we're as divided as they make us feel we are. Yeah, they're only gonna. They're it's they're gonna only report one extreme or the other because that's where the dollars are, right? And it's it's all driven by ratings, and that's where and and that's how you earn revenue. I bet you on your platform, there's like half conservatives, half. I I think it's does it doesn't matter. I think people so much more alike than they're trying to make us feel like we are right now. And something's got to give right now. I I don't know. I don't have the answer, but you guys like have this sort of, it's like a, a very beautiful, pristine thing you have, right? It's an apolitical, you know, sans hatred place where mostly women, but men too, can come and basically just feel empowered, right? It's all about feeling empowered and good, bettering yourself. It's about being real, right? Better sex, better... Let's talk about this. Let's talk better about, is a great word. Well, they, let's talk about dating. And, and now to explain to me, I, if I was a fucking guy right now, <laughs> I'd be terrified a 21-year-old guy right now, it's like, what do you do in the Me Too generation? How do you date 
women. How do you even like I, when we used to date? We used to go to bar. Like, I, how do you even? Date? It's a it's, different client. What do they do now? You're on Tinder and shit. I don't understand. They're all on Tinder. My sister, she's all on Tinder. They're, I mean, they're swiping right. They're swiping left. It's a different, different climate. And it's quick. The, We're the probably attention. not the best experts on this because we kind of missed the whole I dating that boat. app era. I had I, I had him up my butt. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking relentless. Yeah, I, I, he locked, relentless. I locked her down and target on your yeah, back. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, but it's been, it's on been my interesting boobs. for for yeah. me to see both. You know, like our sisters, we both have younger sisters at the mercy of the dating apps, and then on the reverse, seeing our friends, the guy friends on the dating apps, and it's like, guys have never had this many options before. I mean, before, you had to go out, you had to try to find a girl in a yeah. bar or somewhere, and a shopping, wherever you were going to find them, and then you had to do everything in your power to try to get one date. This is right? what I would do, though, but this, if as a woman, if I was 21, I tell my sister this all the time, men, they're being fed too easily, they're getting they're getting it too easily with Tinder, so you have to create more I mean, of the challenge. Think about how hard it was to go out and find it and, and get a date. Now you just swipe on an app it's and you easy. Lock it five it's or six. Too hot easy. girls on these dating apps are the pretty girls really pretty. What if I jumped in, I'm like, yeah, there's a bunch of them there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, are there beautiful girls on these guys? Are there? What, what's the story? Yeah, there's hot really? girls. Really? All right, let, let's. I'm gonna be a superficial, shallow bastard that I'm capable of being. Okay, as girls no, are not. Oh, let me see the oil, the coconut oil. Um, no, 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 no. We got to get you woo. That's yeah. coconut oil. Oh, he's using coconut we're gonna oil. Get That's you good. Some, we're going to get you some, some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're going to get you some. We're going to get you some. I mean, you can if you want. They want you strength. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you how this is done. I'm the pregnant woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're not to the FCC. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. No, but, all, but those are girls, right? I mean, I'm the wolf of Wall Street. I could be shallow, right? Everyone knows I'm a scumbag back then, right? Not anymore. Okay, so. Nine above, nine and above with skinny ankles. Because for me, that's a, a breaking point. That's the nice ankles, skip thin ankles, okay? But my question is hot ass, gorgeous face, right? Are these girls like on Tinder? I would not be on Tinder if I was 21. And I'll tell you why. I, I don't, if I, the, the school of fish, I don't want to go all with the school of fish. I want to go against it. So I Lisa, think you the strategy. Oh, okay, good. Good for you. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be, huh? I wouldn't be on Tinder. Would you be on like uh, what, uh, like one of the more like less hookupy sites? I wouldn't be on a hookupy site. I want a man to pursue me, and I want to be pursued in person. See, but here's the problem, though. It's like so we have younger sisters, and they say the same thing. They want a man to pursue. But what I, but what we're seeing now is, okay, there's a guy, young guy, these two guys, young guys, right? And they they have the option of going and pursuing somebody in which, you know, it's not a sure thing. You don't know if you're going to get a date or you can go on this app and swipe to a hundred girls. And that's the problem with what's going on in the dating world right now is there's, it's never been this easy for men, in my opinion, to meet easier than it used to be. It's easier than it used to be. Travis, I see you grinning over there like the Cheshire cat. It's easier. It's easier (laughs) than it used to be. So, which means I think you got to make more of a challenge because if it's easier, I mean, I would be, I would be even more of a fucking devil. To you. Well, here's here's some mentality that I've heard like from our, our from <laughs> I from would make our, your life so much harder. Our younger now. friends, they say if they don't get on the apps, <laughs> you think he's just swiping right on me? Kiss my ass! You're gonna have to go way fucking deeper than swiping right on me. I mean, <laughs> not, it's you're gonna have to just, pull up with a book on tape. You have, you seen, have you seen those young guys? They build the machines with the eraser on the pencil that goes around and just keep swiping right on every picture, no matter what the yeah, picture looks like. Yeah, they're all swiping right. Sh- 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 yeah, this is what look it up. I hear. I'm around so many men all the time in the workplace and around his friends and I hear the way they talk. Women got to present a challenge. I always say be like a poodle. Be aloof. Meh. Like a cat almost. Like a cat. You can take it or leave it. That's a good example. You know? I love cats. I love dogs too. 
Your dad I'm always a dog says person. I'm a cat person now. I'm a dog. I love animals. Cats. What did your dad say about cats? We said if you want to try to figure out women, try to figure out how to tame a cat, and if, yeah, no, nobody's can. ever figured that out. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's impossible. My cat is like has me chewing, it's masticating its food yeah. to try to get it to love me. You know. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I'm and then it'll just sucker. scratch you out of nowhere. Yeah, my wife's like, yeah. she's such a fool. Yeah. Like, the cat will eat you when you die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, be like a cat. Be like a poodle and a cat mixed together, you know? <laughs> so, what, so, okay, so what at the at, like, for a guy, let's talk about guys, though. What, is the, what does a guy do? You know, good-looking guy. Okay, do girls care about money these days? They want a rich guy. I want for if I'm dating right now and I'm 21, yes. I want the whole package. Like that's really great that you have money, but I need like there needs to be substance to that. So, are, you know, I want someone who's well read. That's really important to me. Someone who's who who knows about the world and history and what's going on. That, that's all important. That's what it's one of the things that attracted you. Yeah. Were you very good in school too? Or, or no, horrible in terrible. school. But, just, but I was a big reader always. Book smart. Uh, street smart well yeah I, I, you read like well, three books a week he's I, a big reader I always struggled in the classroom I, was like, I did I did enough to get out quick like I graduated college in three years because I just did it wasn't because I was so smart I didn't have really good grades I just school? University of Arizona Harvard yeah. of the desert no <laughs> but I just figured yeah. out how to University get University of Arizona get what is he doing out quick, there you guys right? all know you're all um, smiling but I always I was a big reader always like from, from as long as I can remember just head in a book a book on or basically a walking book um, but I there was a lot in school that I just didn't identify with and I just yeah. didn't understand sure. it. So, um, they need, you they know, need you to make a, a curriculum. I'm serious. They need Jordan to make a curriculum for school because there's so many people that want to be entrepreneurs out there and they're not teaching anything about it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I say, I mean, I went to college for four years. I literally did. I cannot remember to be honest with you. One thing I can tell you tons of things I learned from bartending. Being an entrepreneur college is not set up for entrepreneurs. If you want to go to college because your parents will pay for it and you can go to a Harvard or a Stanford and make some great connections, then yes. But if you have to pay and go in huge amount of debt to try to learn entrepreneur, it's not the right way. I believe that college is probably the single biggest scam in the world. I agree with Especially you. if you Perpetual. go a quarter million dollars in debt before you If you're you going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Different. Great. Yeah, different. My daughter had to go to college. My daughter is one of the people that went to college. She just graduated from NYU grad school with a degree in psychology. She will use that degree and help people and practice. Mm -hmm. She should go to college. My youngest son's a musician, ra artist, rapper, lyricist. He went for six dads. It's not Get the fuck. Right? He was really smart enough not to know. My other son went only for two years, got his degree quickly, okay? But he's graduated. Now he works for me. He goes, I learned more in the first three days working for you sure. than in two years of college, yep. okay? So here's my, my question, because I think that college is sort of like a... It's it's a scam funded by by the, way, by the government by loans. They, they pumped up the cost of it by allowing you to borrow. It's just a disaster, right? The whole thing. Here's my question, though, to you, right? So a guy, he, he, a guy like him, right? Good catch, right? A handsome guy, but it wasn't just that he's good looking, right? It was that he was smart. So was it sharp, smart, well-read, worldly? One of the things that I really like about him that I think a lot of men can channel is he's completely comfortable with me being me. Uh, he's completely comfortable with letting me shine. He doesn't try to dull me down. I could never be with a man that tries to cut me down. He wants to build me up. I think that's really important. He He's fine to sit back and, and be behind the scenes and let me, you know, tap dance on the, like table but you're a shallow bastard just like me aren't you if you weren't sexually attracted to me, no no no. i have to be sexually attracted right. is to that a get right so unless well, you yeah. unless you handsome guys that's like and a he's get got it. a really 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 big 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 personality <laughs> big, not as big as my personality <laughs> you guys can measure later <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I was blessed like that, thank God. As I, you know, because I they didn't get it this way. Thank God, I got this. Way. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> and all the, my wives. Were, I will tell you. Ones that hate me, I'm saying from well, experience. Yeah, the short guy's like, <laughs> he's blushing. <laughs> So Travis, what, I mean, you're you're uh, you're looking good over there too. <laughs> Boy, yeah, Corey's like red as a freaking beet. Over here. <laughs> so okay, so he's blessed with with, with a big personality. Okay, no, but you, you're listen. You're a really you're a, a you're like okay. You're a Mount Lauren, right? But like, what's the tell me like a, a guy that wants to seriously? Because like my kids, they are perplexed. They're, my, my, they're very good looking, my kids, but they haven't cracked the girl code yet. They they allow girl, I, I don't think they understand like the mentality of what is a real girl a, a, worth spending your time pursuing? What does she want, really want in a guy? Because the old idea, like this whole thing, oh, pretend you don't like them. Give, I don't believe a real girl wants that. Like to me, whenever I've had a girl who really liked me, they wanted my attention. They didn't want me to play hard to get. If someone wants you to play hard to get, I, mean, that's, I, don't, I don't get that. And it's one thing, you don't want to encroach someone and envelop them, but when someone really likes you, they want to be around you, don't they? Yes, I think they want to be around you. I think that, it, I think what women really like is, like I said, confidence, but not douchey. There's a there's a there's a really fine line. Explain there. that. What's douchey? Explain douchey. Douchey <laughs> is t- is telling you know if I meet someone at a bar and we're out in Santa Monica and they're out at a bar and they come up to me and they have to tell me everything. I'm a hedge fund manager. <laughs> yeah, everything that they've done, everything. I think I think you have to apply the same tactics that you would apply in general, which is you know you, you're charismatic and how you do that is you ask other people about themselves. Like I, if I was a guy, I would ask the girl about her, herself. I would be interested. I would listen. A lot of these guys don't listen. I mean, they're they're like so caught up in themselves. They're not listening. I think listening is a big one. Especially what I call active listening. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm, 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 ooh. Ah. Got right. So listening with interest. And then thoughtful listening, which is taking it even further. So if the girl says, oh, "Oh my god, I love the color yellow," like, are there yellow roses? Ah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to thoughtfully listen. Um, I also think that if you're taking mirror selfies without your shirt on on Instagram, like for me, that's a no. Like I'm, I'm an, if someone take my shirtless picture. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think that I think your Instagram is kind of like your 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 resume nowadays too. So be careful what you post. Yeah, I for me, like I don't want a guy with this like with this a douchey social media presence. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I think like you know, I think anybody I like that. They, by the way, they want a partner. Lisa, what do you think? True. Yeah, just be like, be cool. Cool as a cucumber. And then you got to fall in love with the dog. If you're trying, if you're trying to date a girl and you're not falling in love, I have a friend who is so good looking. Every girl when we walk in anywhere is obsessed with him. Right. He will not be nice to the to the girls he dates, cats or dogs. He must be gay then, right? No, he's straight as an arrow. He's got everything going on. The animal, he doesn't figure that out. He won't be friend the animal. Weird animal thing. And I'm like, you gotta be friend the animal. That's a huge mistake. Also, clean your fingernails. Like, let's go micro. Clean your fucking fingernails. No one wants dirty fingernails. We're getting very micro here. No, if you're gonna be sexual with someone, I'm sorry. Clean your fingernails. It's gross. And also. Take oh we're getting so micro. Take care of your skin. My my I'm really trained my husband to take care of their his skin. Well, you have very nice skin. Thank by you, the way. thank you, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> well, my skin okay. I'm pretty good. Your I'm skin's looking good. Years old. You're using coconut oil too. I'm sure you're using it all over I your use, face. No, I don't use. I, I use um. What do I use again? Um. Alamere. Okay. Okay. There's See. Yeah. You're doing good. You're doing good. Yeah. You also have to be fun. Fun's important. No one ah. wants a stiff. 
dick. That's like, a, a, well, they want a stiff dick, but a limp dick. I should say a, li- a limp dick. A limp dick personality. No one wants a limp dick personality. You can't be boring. Give me anything. Don't give me boring. You gotta you gotta ha- know how to have fun, and you can't take yourself too seriously. That's the last one. Is that is that specific enough? Start, I'll give you. I only have one thing in seventy four parts. <laughs> I only have one requirement with fifty four <laughs> subheadings. And by the way, they do that on Tuesdays if they right. Listen, she's a Gemini. I don't know which. Per- I don't know who I'm waking up to next each day. Uh, <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Okay, so I'm starting to understand. Okay, okay. So fingernails. Your fingernails are looking fine. No, your fingernails look fine. Yeah. No, my wife always says that. By the way. Okay. Yeah. So you're big, big, big. Are right? they checking their fingernails over there? Oh wait. Can I, ready? How about this? My wife's one thing. If you're not a good kisser, done. You you, 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 you need get, to you need you, you get a little lazy. I'm getting you lazy. Put in the a little department. more okay, elbow I gotta, grease into the kissing. I, all right, I'm putting elbow grease. No, but, honestly, no. It happened like, in the beginning. Though was he a good kisser in the beginning? Yeah, he was a great kisser because they, they all want to get in your pants. Though it's like duh. Right. He's a great kisser in the beginning, and then it just goes away. He thinks he doesn't have gotta, to do it. I got to step up the they kissing. They get a game, little apparently. lazy after ten years. It's true. You know, like touch a tit. Don't just go straight for the like goal. It's, why do we like that though? I don't it's know. It's almost like you know. It's like you know. I'm happy to kiss. I'm a dog man. Right. It's like every guy. I'll just give you the asshole because that. I'm a. I'm a right? fucking. I'm a are dog. Are we gonna cut the breast taxi, Lauren, or what? No. Sometimes it's come like, on. Let's get real here. You're not right? just gonna shove it in. Like, right. can you like give you a little foreplay? Yeah. So Listen, fucking we're, lazy. We're, we're animals. <laughs> we are. I'm a disgusting animal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, <laughs> I really am. And thank God I'm sober now. When I was on cocaine, it was just so bad, and terrible. <laughs> the things I did done on cocaine, I don't understand. I'm why. constantly ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'm very ashamed of myself, and it made so much sense while I was doing it. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. That. And every guy who's done coke, I've been sold for many years. But when I was on coke, I, I, it's amazing. I think I that, thought you can't get a hard on when you're on coke, though. Um, it, it, you can't until you can, then it's, and then it will last for a long time. But it, it didn't matter. I was like, just keep sucking to the hookers. Just, just, <laughs> eight hours. Just keep sucking. It's really good. I just wanted to. I shouldn't say some man, but I just wanted to eat pussy when I was on, <laughs> on, on, on coke as much as I could, and as dirty and disgusting as it was. Dirty the better. Period. I'm over. Come on. Oh. I was really bad. No, I was disgusting animal. All right. Travis and, and Corey. That, fun job. My wife just said to me, by the way, she still we had this funny conversation last night. We were together for a long time. She goes, Do you know the first year I was with you? I used to get tested for like communicable diseases every month <laughs> to make sure that you weren't harboring something from the old. Even though I had been sober for like 10 years, 15 years already, she still was nervous I was carrying because I have a weird body. Like germs don't really live in me. Nothing. I, like they're scared of me. So like talk, everyone let's, gets let's, sick un, around, let's unpack this a little bit. No, like everyone gets sick around me, and like I won't. Like my wife had terrible shit, strep throat, just last week, and everyone's sick. I get it for like six hours. I'm sitting, so done. Like I don't really ever get sick. The, the, the germs, like you have a strong get, immune system. Well, have you ever, yeah, have you ever seen like uh, World War Z zombie movies? You know, yeah. like the, the zombie, even the zombies avoid a sick host. They won't bite the sick person. Like the germs need a hospitable host. They bypass me. Okay, because of all the stuff I did to my body over the years. So I've like hardened makes my sense. immune system. That makes sense, actually. So I really, I go into these terrible, the only time I got sick was when I was traveling around the world, looping the world for a few years on jet lag. Then I would, my immune system got, but my immune system is really robust. My wife's just the opposite. She catches every fucking disease that blows by. <laughs> she's going to land on her. They skip right over. She's like, I don't fucking get it. Well, like in the same movie, she comes out. That's why she had to get tested though. Cause she yeah. was just making sure. I'm sure. Do you think, do you think that when you have a guy, okay. So I was a guy with a, a, a little bit of a past. Okay. 
Wouldn't a, a guy with a, a past. I'm okay with that. And you know what? That's colorful. That I'm totally okay with a guy with a colorful past. I like you. Like someone that's <laughs> fucked the whole world. Like that's fine. I mean, I'd to get you tested. Now. Get tested. But it's yeah. who are you now? Yeah. I also think, I actually would rather have someone that's been with a lot of people because they've had more experience. Get out of your and, system. And they know that like I'm the one for them. How about this? Settling. She always said, I've been pre-disastered. What's pre-disaster? Meaning I've already committed the disaster. I got out of my yeah. system. I cheated, did everything. I'm nothing to prove. Yeah. It's all done. It's yeah. already, like the disaster's mm-hmm. happened now. Why would I want to go back there? Which yes. is true. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm pre-disaster. I'm fine with that. I'm. In fact, I think that's colorful. I like colorful. If you were, okay, if you were a guy, 23 years old right now, okay, how would you meet the, how, what would be your, let's say there was this, what strategy can you give the viewers here? Because I have a lot of young viewers, right? I have older viewers too, but a lot of you, what strategy would you give to meet the woman of your dreams? Are you talking about on social media or in person? Anyway. Are you I talking would, about to be in a relationship or just to, to be in a relationship? I, would say, I Honestly, I think as much as all well, guys, everyone wants to meet the woman. I sure. think everyone would rather be in a relationship. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Most people. Almost everyone. Uh, I believe, unless you're like, whatever. But I think for the most part, they, how do you go about meeting a, not just get a beautiful, sweet, how do you meet the woman of your dreams now? I think for me, like for me personally, you, like the pickup line would have to be something funny. I like funny. Not, not um, elementary funny, like something just witty. Witty is the word. But where, would you where go, do they go though? to pick where, them up? Where would, where would go? I go? Would you go on, on these apps? Would you, I wouldn't go on would an you app. Go, would you go to like um, a lot of bars, restaurants, the, 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 uh, the, the supermarkets, you so go to coffee. I, I would go to, I would go to restaurants, bookstores. Um, Where the hot girls you know what? I would out. travel. Saint Tropez. Saint Tropez is a great place Saint to meet Tropez. someone. That's what my wife is. You know what I always <laughs> said that I would do if I was single? This is what I said. I said, if this motherfucker ever cheated on me, I would take Anna Karenina. And I would go to Saint Tropez and I would dog ear the shit out of Anna Karenina with bookmarks hanging out of it. And then I would go and sit in front of the yachts. And I would sit That's in a, a right short mini skirt with a huge hat and sunglasses, like, don't fucking approach me. And then I would pull out Anna Karenina and read it in front of the yachts and just wait. Just wait for the yeah. and that's what I I mean I would I would put myself in a circumstance. But for the everyday that's guy that's not going to go there and he's not. Well, gonna I'm just I'm just planning if you ever cheat. But okay, well listen. So that's when my wife went to Sanctuary with her friends. She's sitting in front. She's, she's right reading now. Anna Karenina. Did you pack a big book with her when she left? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was just there last month too. Oh my God. But where do these young guys go? I don't think no. They no. They you know what you do? You travel, and and I'm not saying you travel to Santa Pay. You just move around. You move. It's movement. Okay, but for the I, I understand you. You're a hot girl. A guy. Where does a guy? I'm talking about. Where would he? A guy like him. Okay. Like where would he go? Like what he would travel. Do? I think. Um. Right. Where you would, you, would travel you if you were trying to meet girls. Where the hell would I go? Shit, it's been a long time. Like I, I wouldn't know. This is a trick question. I'd be the fucking worst at dating at this point. I wouldn't even know what to do. That's manipulative. I'd have to get a you lot know, of advice there. I think because I got became famous like. When I was old, if I just fuck, if I had this when I was 22 years old, this would be so great, you know, right? <laughs> Jordan, if it doesn't work out, we'll just get on those dating apps he and run around. Right? His it's Tinder bio, if we ever broke up, would be know the Skinny the Confidentials X. Yes, that's what I would do. I would say, I would create a Tinder bio, and I would just say the Skinny Confidentials X. And I would just, I would go Ride after the women that were... I'd be in Sancho Pay. So I'll get the spillover. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do whatever with I gotta do. With my wife, where she's right now with yeah. Anna Karina, the Mark. I'll take the spillover. <laughs> like I said, I'm just do what I gotta do. What are you gonna do? <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. It'd be difficult. I wouldn't, you know. So if you're a guy and you're out there, I think that I think one of the steps is probably to listen to your content about persuasion. Mm. I mean, really, persuasion has a lot to do with it. That's one of the reasons we're in a relationship. I'll show you something really funny. So there's a scene from the movie, The Wolf. You guys seen The Wolf. Like, there's a of scene course. where I do it, where I do my first um, pitch in the boardroom when I'm like 22, and I, <laughs> right? Well, show them that. Show them. Can you get the scene up there? The, the, the greats, these kids. This guy. What's his name? Uh, um, anyways, one guy did a, did a takeoff on the scene from the movie. But he took it, Wolf of Wall Street for dating. Oh, I saw he, that. He changes. Have you seen this thing? No. I saw that. I, I, I did cr- see that. It's the, so funny. They did such a good job with it. When they imitate Leo, okay. Um, doing using the straight, it's like the straight line's not that, but it's like some of the old original language patterns of the straight line system when it was first formed. So watch this: Wolf of Wall Street for getting laid. Okay, I did okay. see this. This is funny. Same birthday month. Yeah. So you DM me a story reply a few weeks back asking me what fun little dive bar I was doing karaoke at. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, I think I remember that. Okay, great. Well, reason for the call today, Brianna. Something just came across my DMs that is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the past six months. If you got 60 seconds, I'd like to share it with you. You got a minute? Sure. The name of the dive bar, Bugsby's. It is a brand new upbeat fun bar on Sunset with an incredible DJ that has both throwback and brand new music now. Right now, Brianna. Dive bar's having a fun little karaoke night. Oh my god, I've been dying to do karaoke. Exactly. We could do some karaoke. Get out there and dance and show off those pipes. Oh my god, this sounds so fun. One thing that I could promise you, Brianna. Even in this world of dating, I never ask you to judge me on my winners. I ask you to judge me on my losers because I have so few. Okay, count me in. Let's do like three songs. Three songs. That we're looking at about seven free drinks then. Sounds great. I'm so excited. Hey, Brianna. Thank you for your vote of confidence, and let's have ourselves a night out. Pick you up at 10.30. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. Hey, there's a better one coming Yo, up. Yo, how the fuck you do that? You douchebags will now be targeting the top 1% of single women in L.A. I'm talking about dimes. 10 out of 10s. Bad bitches. First, we pitched them a fancy dinner, drinks at a rooftop bar. Dates these chicks are going to want to go on. Then, once we've suckered them in, we unload the dog shit. The dive bars where we don't pay shit and still get laid. Now the key is to finalize your schedule before the weekend. Because by the time you're sitting at home on Friday night swiping through Bumble, it's already too late. And you wait. And you wait. And whoever speaks first loses. I appreciate the call. I really have to give this some thought. I um, actually might be going out with some girlfriends. Can I call you back? They don't know, right? They might say in the night, they got work in the morning, they got to talk to their fucking girlfriends. No matter what the fuck they say, the only real objection they have is that they don't trust you guys. Why should they trust you? I mean, look at you, you bunch of sleazy douchebags trying to get laid. <laughs> so, what do you say? You mean to tell me that if I called you an Uber at 9... We hit Nobu for dinner at 9.30. We enjoyed our vodka sodas. On the rocks. With a side of creamy spice snow crab. You wouldn't be saying to me right now... Chris. That was one of the most beautiful dates I've ever been on. Let's do it again sometime. Come on, Rebecca. Come on, Ashley. We're playing this game, Kelsey? Madison. Seriously? Be real with you. are special, Madison. Honestly, Katie. Honestly? Seriously? What, are you going to stay and watch Netflix tonight? Come I on. I barely know you. You DM me on Instagram. We met one time at a Sunday brunch with my coworkers. I am in complete agreement. 
agreement with you. You don't know me. I don't know you. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jake Manson. Chris Duncan. Tyler Scott. Ben Miller. Recent graduate from Arizona State University. University of Arkansas, Little Rock. The University of Nevada. And I'm just looking for a girl to have some fun with. And I'm not going to get there by letting you stay in and have wine nights with your girlfriends, Kelsey. Okay, I will say, you do sound like a really fun guy. It's not going to be the most exciting night of your life. It's not going to be a boring night at home playing Jenga with the girls all night. But what this night will do is serve as a benchmark for future dates with me, Katie. Do you feel comfortable with me now, Rebecca? And then you'll know for sure that you finally found a guy in LA that you can trust and who can consistently show you a good time. Sound fair enough? Okay, yeah, I gotta say, this does actually sound pretty fun. So what night are you thinking? Katie, you give me one shot here on a five-star restaurant like Nobu. And believe me, Katie, the only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't eat more scallops and drink red wine. Sound fair enough? My girls are gonna hate me for ditching them, but um, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do it. Excellent choice, Katie. Where do you wanna head to this time? Why don't we do dinner Friday at nine? Why don't we do dinner at nine and move back to my place for a movie at 10? You know what? Fuck dinner. Let's just go straight back to your place. Excellent choice. Let me lock in that date and get back to you in a few minutes with an exact confirmation text message, Katie. Okay, thanks. I'm gonna go tell my girlfriends now. This is gonna be so fun. I'll see you Friday, Kate. I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> Yeah, why don't they just watch that? He's <laughs> pretty creative. He's talented, that guy, Stevie. You got to have him on your show. I, mean, I got to have him on, right? Yes. So what do you think about that? Do that. <laughs> do that. Do that, right? Do that. Do that's, that. That's the move, I that's think. That's the move. Well, honestly, my wife, when people say, what's the toughest sale that you ever closed? Absolutely, my, my wife. To get her to go out on a date. She was really skeptical. She How'd really you close it then? Well, it was well. What happened was she was on the same uh, soccer team, all kids, right? It was an all-star team, and um, she heard about the book, and so like, well, I was like, wow, who was this girl? Like, she was. I, this, I didn't see her the first. I thought she was fat, right? So I didn't, you know, whatever. I thought, okay, yeah. I'll show. Where's my phone? I'll show you. I thought, I thought she was fat. I'll give you a, a, a kind of an example of what I thought was fat. <laughs> this is a recent picture, and she hasn't really changed. But let me see here. One second, so. Well, so you had to keep seeing her every like, every I, practice. Well, I didn't see her for like I saw her like once or twice, and then I didn't see her for a while. So you thought she was fat? She's yeah, yeah. beautiful. Well, that's, that's, that's with the dress on, but I mean, very very pretty. So um, anyway, but I thought she was wearing like. Were you blind back then? No, yeah, no, what's no. going on? She was She's a little bundled fat. up and everything, you know. So here, okay, here's her with a like more of a. She's beautiful. Right. No, she's beautiful. No, she's gorgeous, right? And she's in her 50s too, right? Looks she's great. like an enigma, right? I hope I look like that. So anyway, so what, she didn't want to go out with me because she had heard the story. She was well, I, I want to read this book. So I was like, all right. So I, I like, sort of saw her on a field one day, and I, and I actually was on crutches. So I crutched up up to her. I'm like, oh, how you doing? You know, last time you saw I had a girlfriend when I first saw her. The, she was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, have a nice day. And she walked away. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is not going so well. So I kind of crutched up back there again. I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting there. What should I say about the other girl? Because I don't want to talk bad about the other girl. I'm like, yeah, it ended. But you know what? She was a nice girl. She was right. She's like, all right. And she walks away. I'm like, shit. I'm like, this is not going well. So I uh, called her my son. I'm like, Carter. He was a year older than Bowen, right? Bowen now. You'll see Bowen six foot two works for me, right? He was this big back. He was 10. I said, Carter. I said, I want you to go befriend that little boy, Bowen, and invite him back to the house today for a barbecue. I like his mama. He's like, got it, Dad, right? So he goes back onto the field, right? He's in there playing soccer. Five minutes later, Bowen, Mommy, can we go back to Carter's house for a barbecue? She goes, nice try. No. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. 
So that was that. And then, so then I'm like, shit, this is not working out well. It was really hot. I was like, oh my God, right? So like, she was so hot that my ex-wife, the one from the movie, was at the, the soccer match. And when I walked on the field, see, it was winter when I first met her when, when she was born. That was summertime. And she was like, just like, you know, whatever. It was like, I saw the ankles and everything, right? All right. So my wife, I walk on my ex, goes, did you see Bowen's mommy? She's smoking hot. I'm like, I, I'm like, holy shit, that's Bowen's mommy? She was Bowen's mommy. She didn't have her own name. She was Bowen's mommy, right? <laughs> anyway, so I woke up, I saw her. she was friends with this other couple, right? Who I kind of knew. So I, after the soccer match, I email them. I said, hey, what's the story with Bowen's mommy? Is she single? And he texts, he writes back, email, she is single. So he, she, she is, see, he didn't say she's single, she is Sing. In my mind, I italicized the is. I'm like, aha. He's, he just was German. He didn't contract anything, the guy. But I took that as a part. Like, oh, I have a shot. I said, well, can you introduce me to Bowen's mom? And he's like, I'll tell you what. Next time there's a scrimmage, I'll pick her up, and you can, I'll tell you when to show up. You show up at the exact same time as a coincidence, and you can sit next to us. I'm like, perfect, <laughs> right? All right? Oh, you wouldn't do this dog. No, well, I was thinking wait, as you're talking, I'm like, like, there's just certain people that it's like when you're telling the story, it's like it's, this, this was only going to end in one way, right? You weren't going to stop. So, so I, sure enough, he called, all right, come to this field like now, right? So I, oh my God, how are you? Whatever. So we're seeing that the book had come out, the first book, and it was a, it was a, a pretty big hit. And it was announced it was going to be a movie already, right? So she's like, I keep hearing, what's the story with this book I keep hearing? I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, this is not going to, you know, the book's pretty fucked up. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, well, my like, shit, the only. Best offense, best defense, good offense. I said, all right, I'll give you a copy. So I thought I had one in the car. So we at the end of the scrimmage, we go out. I said, oh, I don't have one. Give me your number. Just <laughs> go look it up. It's in the, in the, in the, in the team roster. Man. All right. Uh, anyway, so I call up and I, and I leave this message. Like, hi, it's Jordan. I'm over at Starbucks, like right here in Manhattan Beach. It was like, you know, and she lived like a few blocks, two blocks away. I'm like, hey. Uh, and she's like, oh, hey, it's Ann. How you doing? I said, hey, I'm over. So why don't you come by and I have a book. I'll give you a book. She's like, oh, okay, great. I'll be by in 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in. I'm like, now I'm planning out the perfect seduction scene for her, right? So like, I, I said, what am I going to write? I said, all right, to the cutest soccer mom in the entire South Bay. So I, I took like all my thoughts, sincerely joy, right? <laughs> so I'm waiting now and I have like my own table in the corner. I got the seduction scene. Mm-hmm. Plum, I show it to a talk. I'll end up probably going back to a house right there, right? She's like a fucking relay racer with a baton. She doesn't even stall. Oh, thank you. She grabs the book and leaves and doesn't even slow down, right? So now I'm like, uh oh, all right. So now like I'm waiting. It's like a half hour, nothing. Two hours. The phone rings. I see it's hard. And cop, right? I'm like, hello. She goes, did you write this book yourself? I'm like, yeah. She goes, you did not hire a ghostwriter. I said, no. She goes, you swear? I said, yes. She goes, wow. I'm I'm shocked. This is really well written. Where'd you learn to write? Because she's very smart. And she's. I said, I taught myself to write. She goes, are you being honest with you? You did not have this ghost written. Because she looks professionally. I said, no, I learned to write. She goes, I said, well, if you want, I'll take you out. And you can, I will go on a date. I'll tell you all about it. She goes, I don't want to go on a date with you, but I have questions. You can, I'll meet you and you can ask me. I want to ask you questions. I'm like, fine, I'll ask you questions, right? <laughs> you know, she, so I'm like, all right. She goes, right, you can pick me up at like 425 on like a Monday. I'm like, I'm like, all right, whatever, right? So like she makes me this weird death zone time, 425. <laughs> it's not dinner, not lunch, it's nothing, right? So I'm like, fuck her. I mean, she's not even that hot. I'm not going to like her, right? Like, she's going to dress like shit. She'll fuck her. I'm already talking to myself. I pick her up. She gets in. She's so fucking gorgeous. She putt, like she's dressed perfectly, right? I thought she looked really sexy. In retrospect, she probably didn't dress. I just thought she was really sexy. She smells great. She pops her shoes off. All right, drive. I'm like, where? She goes, leave town. I'm like, why? She goes, I don't want to be seen with you. I'm a single mom. I have a reputation. My son goes to school here, and I just can't be seen with you. 
I'm like, what? She's just drive at. So we start driving one town, two towns, five towns. She makes me drive five towns away. She just just go out to the end of this place and the Redondo Pier. She makes me. Walk, I thought I was getting executed. She walks me out to the end of the pier to a crow's nest. Tony's old Tony's crow's nest. He's like me, her, and toothless sailors, basically, right? <laughs> And I'm like walking behind us, GT looking at her ass, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, she's so hot. Like, I'm like, shit. Like, I wanted not to like her, right? So now I'm like, I plung all my powers up. We sit down, she orders a gin and tonic. She goes, listen, I have to be, I have to be home by six. It's like already five o'clock. <laughs> I mean, my son's scared of the dog. I can't leave him at home. I'm like, all right, I get that, whatever, right? So we start, you know, she gets a gin and tonic. She's just drinking. And I know she gets nicer when she drinks, right? Good sign, right? All right. So she's drinking and we start talking. And I'm a very good. Exactly what you said. Obviously, I'm an expert asking questions and listening attentively. That's my expertise, right? Were your fingernails clean? My fingernails were clean. <laughs> and so now six, we're really in deep laughing. Everything is just unbelievable conversation, fluid. It's now seven o'clock. The sun sets. I'm like, um, what about Bowen? She's like, one second. She goes, yeah, yeah. Go put something on the stove, go in the shower, get in the bed, and I'll call you later. She goes, I just made that shit up to, to get out of the day. She made the whole thing up. Like, Bowen is the type of kid that, like, he'd be, like, this kid, you could drop him in the desert with a Swiss Army knife, and then he'd come out with a rattlesnake around his neck. Yeah. So that's how, uh, for, and then slowly over a weeks, I had to work my way back, town by town. And that's how Art Me fell in love, and the rest is. And interestingly, and I, and I know I talk so much on my own podcast, but we've said this wouldn't be a traditional podcast from the beginning, right? Sure. Perfect. But the thing was is that um, you know, we had the reverse relationship. We had a terrible time the first few years. Terrible. And we grew into this different, uh, in a, to a blissful happiness now where people look at us and they're like, wow, it's like a model for like a really great relationship. We were in our 50s, you know, and we had still had that spark. The first few years were really tough because of the movie and also, I mean, before the movie especially because, you know, as the buzz kept building, it's like, she was like, was, I guess was wondering what type of, you know, would I become something again? And frankly, it just brought us closer together. Okay, so I want to interview next. You, you, you're coming on this week, but I also want you guys to come back as a couple, so you can tell the story because she sounds like she's a poodle cat. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. That's the only guy that she's that you know, baby daddy was a professional volleyball player. She's just like you, surfer dude, skate is volleyball players. That's who she dated before me. She had in her a list of things about a guy that she would a must. Okay, must be six foot two. <laughs> Must have not been married before. No kids. Not Jewish. I, I, I you know, never been to jail. <laughs> like I, I crossed over every single box, and it they, sounds like you guys have a very special relationship, though. Yeah. But who wants a relationship too that's all like a straight arrow that's perfect all the time? I like yeah. that you guys struggled in the beginning. We did, and now we respect the relationship even more. We still fight sometimes, like everyone else. But um, you know, I'm always right, so you know it's. <laughs> You know what he's getting tattooed on his arm? Tell him. Like, I don't know if I, you no, want you me to are get this tattoo. It. Like I need more tattoos. Uh, she wants me to get yes, dear tattooed on my arm, but I don't know. I don't Look know. Look down. And, and by the so way, can, I'm rhyming myself. But the um, secret to a happy marriage. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. It's it's so easy. I asked my dad what it was, and he said, "Son, I don't speak and I don't hear." Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh." <laughs> that too. Both of them mixed together. It's a great medley. My dad just passed away, and and my mother used to say before that she was, you know, I went to the doctor with your dad. And she goes to him, I have good news and bad news to my mom. She was like, what? She goes, Max, okay, here's the ready. Max can hear fine. He's just not listening to you anymore. He's like, he doesn't hear, hear. He can hear fine. He just tuned you just out. Tuned out. <laughs> Don't tune me out. <laughs> she ain't going to stand for that. I'll she's come got back the, she's got the right. voice well, of a screeching eagle. In closing, ready? One piece of advice for 
okay, I want you to give a, one piece of advice for single people to, to really go out there and meet the person of your dreams and one advice for couples to have the greatest relationship ever. One advice for single people is don't settle. Do not settle. Don't settle for mediocrity where greatness can exist. You, you, in my opinion, I would rather be single for the rest of my life than, than settle for something that's boring and average. So that's my advice for single people. And you can give the couple advice. Well, I would say, I don't want to say don't settle, but I would say find something that you can str- that you that you struggle to pursue, right? Like I think that anything that's easy is becomes uninteresting in life. I think that's anything, and so I think you should find something that you can pursue. Like, and and I think once you're in that relationship, is to constantly keep pursuing. Like I'm constantly pursuing my wife. I think and, that, and that's when what you're keeps in a relationship, keep keep the kissing. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta step that yeah. up. But, but yeah, no, kissing. I think, I think that's, the kissing's important. Human beings don't need just struggle. Don't try to sh- shove it in on a Sunday, like. You know, keep the kissing. I mean, we've been talking a lot about so this. Like, like, just turn, do a left turn, please. Just do the, I said, man, just left turn. Just the left, let's get two words. Left turn. Just turn left, please. <laughs> keep the kissing alive. I will. I'll do, I'll do my best. Okay. All right. All right. And one more point I want to say, I think you guys are fucking awesome. Thank you. We think uh, you're, you're fucking, fucking awesome. awesome. We this can't wait to have you on. This podcast went way longer than it was supposed to because I really enjoyed it. Well, we guess really what? Thursday well. we have yeah. a whole fucking scroll of all questions. Right. All right. All right. Thank you, you for having us awesome. on. Thanks for Thanks coming. Thanks for having us, guys. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, listen. Another amazing, that was really special, right? Um, what's the name? Where, where do they go to find out more about this? Is We have our podcast, The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, and then I'm at The Skinny Confidential on Instagram. Yeah, and then, like she said, the podcast, I'm just Michael Bostick, and then um, we have, like I said, 30 other shows under management, Dear Media. You got to check it out. This is really, really great stuff. It's exactly what it should be. All right, guys, share this with your friends. And also, I want more women to watch my show. They will. After, we're going to get After you come on yeah. our show, you'll, you'll get a whole so, You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming again. We'll talk again in the Wolf's Den. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>